0: Welcome back, everybody, to episode 20 of the Back Lounge Podcast. I can't believe we're at 20 episodes already, man. My name's Tank, I'm your host, and I'm a roadie with over 15 years of experience in the touring music industry. And on this podcast, we get to talk to artists, band members, other roadies, and anybody else in the world of music, and we just have conversations about whatever we want. This is not a Q&A, I don't prepare anything We just hit record and just see what happens. And these are always fun. And for this 20th episode, I wanted to do something fun. I wanted to invite on somebody that I've actually spent a lot of time with on the road, somebody that I could exchange stories with. And that person is my friend, Andy Shaw. He's also been touring for quite a while. He's a lighting tech, a lighting director, a stage manager. He's worked in a lot of shops and he's just a huge nerd and also streams on Twitch. A lot of you guys from our community might know him by the name. Hobby time. Now, going into this, I knew that we were going to be telling a lot of stories. But after editing this podcast, I really realized if there's an episode of this that gets me in trouble for any reason, for saying too much or talking about things I shouldn't, (laughs) this is going to be the episode, man. Because while I do this a lot, and when I tell stories online and on the podcast and on YouTube, I leave a lot of names out. I refer to people by their job titles on the road, unless it's like an artist or a tour that everybody knows I was a part of. I don't mind doing that, but I'm used to omitting names while I'm talking. Shaw, I don't think really is because as we started going here, he just started naming names. And then I just gave up and started naming names too because I figured, you know what? We can just edit this in post. You know, we're not here to call people out or air-dirty laundry, or get people in trouble, or anything like that. So I have gone through this and edited names out. There are over 75 names that were omitted from this podcast just because we didn't have permission to talk about other people or share those stories, and because I didn't feel comfortable just putting those people on the spot. Even though you may not know them, I don't feel comfortable dropping names. So if you hear this sound... Yeah, that familiar sound that everybody's probably going to know, that means somebody who we named has been omitted from the podcast. But for those of you out there that love tour stories and just stupid shit from behind the scenes, this is the podcast for you. I mean, we do have some serious moments where we got into like my sobriety on the road because Shaw was there while I was going through that. And some of his relationship problems while he was touring. Most of this is just goofy stories and us reminiscing and just laughing about really dumb stuff that probably we only find funny. So I really hope you guys enjoy this one. This one was for all of you that just want stupid, ridiculous tour stories because we've got about two and a half hours of it. So This might take you multiple listens, but I promise there's going to be a lot of laughs in here. Now, this will probably be the last podcast of 2000 or 2022. As we go into 2023, we've got more episodes lined up. We're going to keep doing this because this is super fun, but I just want to take this moment to thank every single one of you that are listening to this podcast because, you know to be hundred percent honest with you guys, the podcast doesn't do as well as the YouTube content and the Twitch and stuff like that, because podcasts are a very niche thing. People really, you know, want to be invested in it if they have to spend time. And a lot of people like shorter form videos on YouTube and stuff. So to all of you that spend the time listening to these, thank you very much. This is super fun to do. And, uh, you know, I hope you have a great holiday regardless of what holiday you are celebrating. Cause everybody's different around the world, but, uh, I don't want to waste too much more time. I want to get into this one because this is a longer episode. But before we start, uh, Andy Shaw, our guest, does stream on Twitch. You can find him at twitch.tv hobbytime168. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I'll have links to all of his social media in the description of this video. And before we start, that's probably a good time to remind you guys... This podcast is available in a lot of different places. You could jump on YouTube, and my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash tankthetech. If you want to actually see us on screen laughing and goofing around, you can watch it there. But the audio versions are also available on Spotify, Apple, Google, and anywhere else that you want to listen to a podcast. So there are many, many ways that you can listen. But now that that's out of the way, buckle up. Hopefully, I don't get in trouble here. Let's go. So joining us today for episode 20 of the Back Lounge podcast, episode 20 already, it's crazy, fellow roadie, lighting tech, lighting director, giant nerd, and all-around awesome dude, Andy Shaw. How are you, buddy? Oh, hey, guys.
1: Yeah, I'm good.
0: I'm good. <laughs> nice. Dude, this is, this is, I'm so happy to do this because you're like the first person I've had on here that I actually like, we, we know each other.
1: Well, we've been on tour, you know, uh, well, we toured together for like four years around there. Yeah. 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 So it's like normally,
0: normally with people on here, I have like kind of a little bit of rapport, but like having you on here is going to be great because we've been on tour. We have the stories. You've seen me at my best and worst moments pretty much. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: (laughs) But, uh, Um, dude, you, uh, you've been busy. You've, I mean, you've been busier than me because I've been home with a kid, but like since since we were last on the road together which was 2020 march 2020 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do you remember where we were on, times do you remember where we were on our last show i think i do las but- vegas yeah yeah that's right okay yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, i lost like a thousand dollars like the night before <laughs> playing <back> rat with- <laughs> um because we like we played roulette and i like i was up like 1500 and then yeah, we went and played back rap with like five hundred dollar hands and I lost it all in like three hands and I was done. <laughs> Dude,
0: I, I avoided casinos when we were on tour because I know my personality and I know that like I am oh, that person yeah. I'm that person yeah. that goes down and I'm just like, Oh, I gotta make it back. So, right. So while you guys all went to the casino, I would just sit in my hotel room and do nothing.
1: And also it's like uh it was like the same week that um modern warfare came out. Like not modern warfare, uh Warzone. Oh, so, was it? it was me and you me we playing Warzone in the hotel after we lost all that money. Oh man. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember what tour
0: it was, but I remember we had three days off in Vegas for some reason. It, it, like, and it was when, uh, it was still drum teching for us.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. So it have been Dustin.
0: Yeah. And we were, yeah, we were on tour together. I just can't remember what tour we were a part of. Um, we sat in that hotel room without leaving for th- three days, just playing Fortnite.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, because there was like one. It was like um, I feel like we were doing like a, like a pseudo headline, like in the winter, because I think that like that was the same. Was that when we had out there? I can't remember. I don't know. I can't but remember. Yeah,
0: we, we had we had so much crew changeover on that tour over the years. Oh God, the only exceptions I mean, were like four, maybe four of us.
1: Oh, it's bad when the LBs like are numbered. <laughs> you know, that's their nickname.
0: Okay, oh, yeah. So for for people that are listening, when so when I um when I started with with Dustin, um the lighting directors. Like their nicknames were all numbers because we just kept flying through lighting directors so much. So, our friend that Shaw already mentioned, uh, like his nickname on that whole tour was four, and everybody was always like, Why do you call him four? And I was like, Because he's been our fourth lighting director since I've been here.
1: Like, that <laughs> became five, yeah. Um, for like hot minute there, yep. yeah, yeah, it, it was bad. Um, but yeah, that I remember because like the only reason I thought maybe this was just the case because he was still on with us i believe at the time no because no no that's not right yeah i don't know it's so it's such a blur dude i can't remember i mean we i was just thinking because i went to mexico yeah Yeah, it was it was with this is what it was because it was like in the winter so i went to the i went to mexico with you guys and i ended up staying in the room for like four or five days because i was like pooping my brains out (laughs) with all the like i like you know i drank the mexican water and just like now i'm dead you know and (laughs) I was like, I'll eat a sandwich and Oh, diarrhea everywhere. Like I just remember those loadouts, like doing the changeover and like sprinting to the bathroom. Dude, when we're I, to
0: load a truck. I think I, I think I remember that. I, I remember a couple people on one year that we did. Um, every
1: it was like me and almost like shit, his pants on stage. <laughs> I didn't
0: remember that. So every year um, for the listeners, we're, we're getting, we're getting heavy into some, some talk already. Um, every year there was a big country festival down in Cancun and every year that we worked for Dustin, we'd go and one year at like five people got sick, like stomach flu or bug or something from either the food or the water or whatever. And I, yeah, I do remember that. And then the funny thing was, is like you, you were, you were there when it happened, but like the day the literally you were there the day I became sober.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, yeah.
0: That, that, that was when I turned into the hermit in my hotel room. Like I didn't do anything. I just stayed in the hotel. Was area. I
1: there for that one? Were you not? Yeah,
0: it was 2017. No. You would have been there.
1: No. No, I didn't go to 2017. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's yeah. I know I know the story. I don't tell the
0: story. <laughs> yeah, everybody before, knows the story. Yeah,
1: but uh um yeah, I wasn't there for that one. Um because that was just the year after you did it, you know. Okay. Yeah. And uh and then when they let me go in twenty eighteen, they had me start doing it.
0: That's right. Dude, the crazy thing is, is like, so you know, most most people on my channel know like I've talked about my sobriety and stuff, but me and you had some wild times like drinking out on the road. There's actually a, yeah. a picture I have saved on my phone <laughs> after we did a Canadian run where we hit the border.
1: Oh we yeah, were, yeah. We were
0: like shotgun and beers all dressed up in America shit when we hit the border. <laughs> <laughs> and the border patrol right. people are like you guys have been gone for a while, huh? <laughs> I
1: was, I was all, I was, it was pre Omaha Shaw days too. So it was like right before uh, I started doing all the Omaha Shaw stuff. That, that picture
0: might've led to Omaha Shaw actually.
1: Yeah, probably,
0: probably a little bit. Oh dude, we got, we got to tell this story. Cause I, I've told, I've, I've told viewers so many times, like how just ridiculous the country music scene can get at times oh. with like the, the raw, in and- America and all that stuff. So Explain explain to everybody what Omaha Shaw is.
1: Oh, God. Uh, you know, it's a way of living, though. I'm just kidding. Uh, it's it's like Hacksaw Jim Duggan meets Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, professional hype man, I guess. Yeah. Basically, and I, uh, I don't know how much I can say about this, but we'll, we'll say it. Um, basically, at some point, um, our artist didn't feel like he could be as patriotic as some other country artists and because most of the songs were made for teenage girls and so i was like he came to me and like a few of the other band members came to me and they're like hey what would you think about like getting on stage and waving the american flag around and all be all hillbilly dumb shit you know i'm like okay um and part of it's because like, like they know like i'm i'm very patriotic in some ways but mm-hmm. then also I have like a professional wrestler tendency of doing things. Mm -hmm. Um, So they came to me and like, I think this is like a week before this is on FGL. Like I know exactly why I know exactly the show that they came up with this idea because it was an NRA show and Dustin basically got booed off the fucking stage. Yeah, FGL
0: FGL is Florida, Georgia line uh, for anybody that didn't know.
1: Yeah. So like, uh, we did a show with, for the NRA and they absolutely hated it oh, dude. and it was like so bad because we had Granger Smith coming out first and he was like, sing, like literally singing America. We need, we need to go back know. to this, by the way, when you finish the story. So we got done and then, um, I go and get, you know, they basically get me all like jazzed up and like overnight we're going into a truck stop. Um, and I get off with my bus driver and we find like the shittiest jean jacket that like doesn't fit me. <laughs> and cut the fucking sleeves off of it. And I just like full on bare chest underneath and uh, go out there and throw beers to the crowd and wave the American flag. And that's kind of where it all started for for anybody that
0: watches this on YouTube, because this audio is on Spotify and stuff for people that are watching this on YouTube. I'm going to put put pictures on screen so you can see this
1: shit. Um, and then from there, it just kind of kept evolving um i did i did some vlogs i did some things I, I was posting my own stuff had my own merch blah 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 and like um i the worst one is like i, I remember is uh there was the last show of the headline tour and i i was getting pretty good i was being pretty pro about throwing beers to people at this point point. and this poor girl she's up on some shoulders on this dude's shoulders i remember this. and like literally last show of the year and Dustin points her out and it's like, Shaw, throw that girl beer. And I'm like, okay. And I literally like slow fucking like one, two, <laughs> three, and I let it go. Pop fly, easiest catch you could ever fucking make in your world. And she just whoop right past her face or her hands <laughs> right into her nose and she just falls backwards. I remember. And that. everyone's just fucking laughing their asses off. And I felt so bad. It's just like, oh my God, I just probably broke her poor nose. Like. You can't catch a pop fly like that does on you, you
0: know? Well, there there were quite a few Omaha Shaw moments that I thought were hilarious, but, like, just for people to understand this more, I mean, this was, like, this was a part of our show for, like, two years. There was, yeah. there was a yeah. specific moment where all of us texts and everybody we knew. It was, like, Omaha Shaw's coming out. He's going to throw beers into the crowd and wave the American flag. And Mm -hmm. I remember we, at one point we had that really monster set with the bridge and the steps and the risers. And I remember you'd always climb up the back of that. There's, there's a couple Omaha Shaw moments to me that were great. One was when we were in South Carolina and you connected with Hacksaw Jim Duggan and had him come out and do it. That was awesome. That was amazing. Like that. was, And what a nice guy he is.
1: Yeah. Super like chill, like always willing to talk wrestling and like honestly like he's he like always says like i owe my life to wrestling like i would never be where i'm at without it And like but like one of the most humble dudes like i've met in a long time he he is one of i have
0: we've met so many like what you would consider famous people or celebrities backstage Mm -hmm. he's one of the nicest he's just Mm -hmm. such a normal super nice down-to-earth guy but the other the other Omaha Shaw moment that I remember this one of my favorites ever is we were doing a festival that I believe was in Illinois somewhere like it was mm-hmm. around like my home area and there was like a like no joke this guy had to have weighed like 350 pounds like shirtless big hillbilly dude and his, and his, yeah and his friends held him up like in a cheerleader thing like yep. they were holding his feet up and you threw him a beer and you guys like shotgunned beers against each other in the middle of a yeah. show
1: uh it's not it's on my instagram i believe so we'll have to like post that clip yeah, yeah yeah but the uh uh that was in davenport iowa oh it was iowa and, makes sense yeah midwest um and he it's quad cities or whatever for the mississippi county fair or something i don't know whatever but he, he shows up to every one of those events because like i've done those events so many times he shows up every year and does that <laughs> shit where he like <laughs> takes his shirt off yells at the artist to throw him a beer And like, I can shotgun a beer faster than anybody in the, you know, whatever. hillbilly accent. He comes up with, and and it's like, it's crazy, man. He's like, he spelled himself like his own little gimmick in the Quad Cities. And I'm like, good for you, man. I I think it's amazing that every music scene has like its own kind
0: of gimmick. And we see it all over the place. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, with, with metal for somebody like me, I go to show, like dudes are wearing battle jackets with patches and stuff everywhere. It's I got mine. Mm -hmm. Country is so funny to me because country, country fans, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but a lot of the guys that are at the shows have a a very masculine personality about them. Mm -hmm. But some of these dudes will like show up wearing like cowboy boots and Daisy Dukes and no shirts with vests and cowboy hats. It's like there are there there are music festivals in country and shows where it's like you you recognize the same people because they have such the, that, that weird gimmick where they show yeah. up with like a certain outfit.
1: Oh, yeah. Or it's like uh, the weird part is like, you either get like the guys, like full on, I'm going to be a cowboy, cowboy boots, blue jeans, yeah, big old belt buckle, I'm a rodeo clown, or whatever. And, <laughs> or you get the guy who's like uh, wearing a golf polo, you know, like, yeah and khaki shorts like that's like kind of the vibes you get either one or the other yeah but it's, what's interesting to me is so like um you know i've I've done a lot of rock shows as well and i've actually seen more fights at country shows than i have at same. like rock and metal shows same like it's, and it's usually because some guy like you know touched a, another guy's girlfriend or something but they yeah. get so drunk at these country shows that they just they were on the throw down man yeah it's i've i've told uh people many times
0: like obviously people like the music they're going to see in country. Otherwise they wouldn't go, but I feel like people go to get drunk and fight more than they actually go to enjoy a concert.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, 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 wild. A, it's a reason to drink. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, like most of the songs are that though too. Like, you yeah, know, it's all about fucking, you know, drink a beer, <laughs> yeah. you know, do some butt stuff, you <laughs> yeah. know, whatever it is. But yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like about drinking, uh, driving trucks. So it's like, okay, so it's about drinking and driving and, you know, trying to hit on the girl. Yeah. That's like the small town girl around the you know, the block, you know. It's like uh, after a while it gets really rough.
0: You know, I dude, I shit on country music a lot. I really do. Yeah. But the funny thing is like I would be lying if I like I, I owe a lot of my experience in my career to country music. I mean, I'd be yeah. lying if I said you know, I, Tour- I
1: like some Dustin songs, yeah, I like same. Brad Paisley, you know.
0: But like there's there's just something about it not being involved in it full-time now where I look back at it and I was like, that scene is just so wild. And the funny thing is, is, you know, you really realize, well, you've, you've been working, but I, I, I haven't, my tour that I was supposed to do this year got canceled, but Mm -hmm. you really realize that as much as, you know, you, you tour with people and you got to live with them on a bus and you get to know them. Um, when you get off the road, when you've made that announcement that you're off the road and you're not full time anymore, it's like a lot of people disappear because you really realize it—it—it it, it is just a job like a lot of other mm-hmm. things. And it's like you find out it's like, OK, which of these people am I actually friends with? And which of these people was I just around all the time because we were touring together? And for me personally, that answer was a lot of
1: them. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it, like you, Honestly, you it co- and maybe- COVID was a good uh, indicator of that, too
0: yeah yeah for sure. and I mean in terms of some of the old tours I've done, you know in the last you know five, six years, it's like there's maybe five people that I still talk to regularly. you're one of them, you're one of them as well. and you know we we've we've talked on stream before where they've said there's always like one person on every crew that like everybody just doesn't like, and somebody's like well, have you been on any tours where you were that person? And I was like, oh, probably like, I know my personality. Like I get it. Like when you tour, you're taking a lot of different personalities and throwing them in mm-hmm. the same living space together on a, you know, a 40 foot tube on the road. Not everybody's going to like each other. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we- there was
1: time like, like, to be, to be fair. Like there was times where, you know, um, you weren't ever like the worst person, but there was times where like we were super drunk and whatever. And it's like fuck, here we go. Yeah, yeah. You know? you know, I mean, the same with him, uh, my best friend and roommate. <laughs> same way, like there was times where I was like, I fucking hate this guy because he's <laughs> you know. But it's like none of. I feel like uh, we had a pretty solid crew towards the end of like yeah. no one, no one really hated each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, we. I mean, I don't know how liberal we can be with all this stuff, but. There was like a production manager. We all—it's all up to you. Yeah, mean, me we, personally, I have no problem. But you're—you're you're still yeah, working. I'm full still time, in the industry. So. Um, but most people hate this guy, so it's so like I don't give a fuck. But uh, we don't need
0: to name we, names. But I know who you're talking yeah.
1: about. Yeah, yeah. Like we were, you know, he came in and it was like very disrespectful. I work So here's the deal. Like we worked. Um, we went on tour with Dustin, but we were opening for Brad Paisley, right? And. The crew was like, man, we, you know, like as a crew, we were like all like, yeah, Brad Paisley's camp's really nice to us, whatever. But they kept like parking our bus like a fucking mile away. And we had bus trailers at the time and this, that, and the other. And come to find out, it's all because of our production manager who we, me and you went to management multiple times saying, this guy is not the right vibe for what we're doing. He's, you know, he's, he's fucking up. He's doing whatever. And man, it took so long. And as soon as he was gone, it was like all of a sudden, like the gates of heaven opened up. Our bus was parked in the dock, like it Mm -hmm. was like night and day. And it's like for our whole tour to hate him, and then also the whole Brad Paisley camp to hate him. And I know they they hated him because I work for Brad Paisley's camp now, and like they tell me stories all the time about how much they hated him. It's like, man, it's such a we like. I I try to tell. I had a kid that this last out this last weekend who everyone despised. And I try to tell him, I was like, listen, man, it's all about vibe. Like it's like Mm -hmm. 80% of what you do on the road is about your vibe and who you are Mm -hmm. and like being chill or whatever. And then like 10% of it is like how hard you work. And then the other 10% is the knowledge you have to do your job. Yeah. Like I'll take a hardworking, cool person with me out every time. If they don't know shit about lighting, I don't care. I'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I I've said that as well. Like, you know, yeah, you're working all day and you got to know what you're doing. But again, Mm -hmm. it goes back to that. You're on tour with a bunch of other people and you're living in a bus. You have to be a good vibe and respect other people. Otherwise, it is not going to be a fun tour. And, Mm -hmm. you know, everything you just said goes to um, something really important, too, which is everybody that works for an artist represents their artist. So, like, let's say let's let's say me. I make a bad impression on somebody. They might not necessarily know my name or know me or anything like that, but they'll remember that guy's guitar tech was a fucking dick. And then that's mm. gonna reflect on them too. And I see it, dude. One of my one of my YouTube videos I I, I did uh, a while back about bions, I got a comment last night from somebody who was like, Yeah, we bought onto a show opening for non-point once mm. and their crew were the biggest fucking dicks. They treated us like shit, blah, blah, blah. And for me to read that, it's like, he didn't remember any of the crew people's names. It was just non-point, non-point non-points yeah. crew. And that's a good example of what you're saying is like, especially somebody sense. in a position like a, a like a production manager or a tour manager, that's that's the head of your tour. Like the tour manager is, is the head of the tour, but the production manager is the head of the crew basically. Mm-hmm. And dude, if people don't like him or her, the rest of that crew is gonna feel it. And we did, man. We yeah, absolutely we did. So it, it, Like you're not gonna dump your truck till four, you know?
1: <sighs> like kind of shit.
0: You're not gonna sound check um, till doors. But that wasn't yeah. really because of
1: us. <laughs> yeah, it actually it was. Really? Like honestly, yeah. Like I, I, I work, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm sure we, we've we talked about this sport, but I work for Paisley right now. Yeah. And there's many a times where it was it used to be like us, he would come in and be like no, I'm sound checking at 5 p.m. and I don't give a fuck. You yeah. know, like and it's like I don't care about the openers, whatever. They can deal with it. Doors are at 545 for VIPs. Oh, it's 542. I guess I'll get them the stage now. Yeah. You know, and that's how it was. I'm out there right now with him. None of that shit happens. No fucking way. Yeah. Okay. Literally, literally, it was because our our production manager.
0: Wow, dude. I remember I was told
1: that basically. <laughs> from what I understand with with the camp um, and the um, uh, production manager were like, uh, you know, like, nope. Like, uh, and all them are like, no, this ain't happening like that. So they, uh, cause, cause what happened, I, I don't know if I'll tell it, but whatever. Basically he walked into the production office
0: well, I, I, I'll p- tell you right now. I'm already going to be beeping out a lot of these
1: names just because. So you can say yeah, yeah. whatever you want. <laughs> um, so he walked in. Our production manager walked into the production uh, into Brad Paisley's um, production office, and first time ever meeting any of these people, and he goes in and drops like a derogatory term. Um, you know, and somebody got offended by it, and <laughs> when it was like, hey. If you, you know, we have a swear jar out here and it's old school, man. He's like, fucking, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, Um, he's old school. He's like fucking 60 or 70 something and, you know, whatever. But he's old school. He's like, you have to pay the swear jar. And he said, fuck you. I'm not paying no fucking money to no his swear jar. Why would I do that? I'm not a part of your camp. And from that day on, I we were fucked. I remember. And
0: that wasn't even when tour started. That was a production yeah. rehearsal. Yeah. I remember hearing this story. Yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, I heard the story over and over again when I came back to working for Baisley. Damn, dude. That's
0: yeah, I. It it makes you really wonder, like on other tours, too. It's like, what else has happened that we Mm -hmm. don't know about? And not just us. It's like anybody. It's like because even before situations like this where me and you were on the road, I've faced this on other tours. I've faced Mm -hmm. this on rock tours where. Are somebody in our camp did something to piss off the headliners. And then we, f- we feel that retaliation for the rest of tour. Like this shit happens,
1: dude. Yeah. We're just like I mean, a bunch ha- of
0: fucking children out there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I heard stories. Uh, I wasn't us, but we heard stories when we were on maiden that that was happening with the, the band before us. Where mm-hmm. It was like, um, I, I was with, with the temptation this year. I forgot to mention that, but yeah, yeah I was with, with the temptation opening for Iron Maiden this year. And they told me the the opener or two openers before that um, they didn't like them. Like they pissed off the stage manager and the stage manager wouldn't give them the stage or wouldn't let them dump their truck until four. They had to be on stage by five. And it was like, you know, they were, they were strict on them. Whereas us, they were like, Hey, welcome in guys. So, you you know? know,
0: and they're, it's kind of a fine line. It's kind of a fine line between, are they dicks for doing that? or are or are they within their rights? because when you join somebody else's tour you you're you're a guest. there mm-hmm. are rules that you need to abide by. you need to do your job, you need to be on time. and if you walk into somebody else's tour making demands or acting like you're hot shit and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they're gonna let you know you're not. and it's like, I don't know, man, in situations like that, it's like. I, I almost don't have a problem with it. It's a very it's a very old school mentality of like, okay, if you guys are well, going to come onto our tour and act like idiots, then we're going to treat you like idiots.
1: One of my favorite people now, but the first like three weeks of FGL, remember it was like, we hated that tour the first like two to three weeks of FGL. I remember. And then now like, and most of us, because the stage manager was riding us hard on there. Yeah. But we showed them we could do what we, you know, what we can. And worked hard and all that, and now he's like one of my best friends. I love that know? guy. Yeah, yeah. I always say best friends, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I could call him in a pinch and be like, "Hey, man, I need a stage manager," and he'd be there like immediately. Yeah, and if you you know you know? You, you see him on a festival
0: or something, you give him a hug. Yeah. And fucking yeah, for yeah. sure, dude. it's Same. I love that guy. Like, he's awesome. So. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I've I've had moments like that on tours where I've started off really not getting along with somebody or liking somebody, but by the end of it, it's like, okay, we fucking work it out and figure it
1: out, and everything's cool. I try to tell like a lot of the rookies that like they're gonna test your metal mm-hmm. a little bit for the first week or two, and then after that, we're gonna be good. I had the same problem on, <laughs> I had a problem with within temptation a little bit because they all thought like the Iron Maiden team hated them. They're like, we're not getting off stage fast enough, we're not doing this, even though the stage managers tell me like you guys got plenty of time, just mm-hmm. chill, it's all good. So, like, I'm hearing all that on stage during the changeover, but they're not hearing any of that, yeah. and. So they got, they overthought it and they went to management and then, then they pissed off everybody because they went to management. When it's like, we could have just gone straight to the source and said, Hey, you know, are we okay? Are we good?
0: And And that's, uh,
1: that's, that's a, that's a, that's an interesting thing to bring up
0: too is that you're a band's crew people are like their boots on the ground. Like there are some mm -hmm. things that a band doesn't need to be bothered with and that's why they have crew. But there have been situations like that where it's like, even even on tours, you know, the we've done together where I'm like, God, if they just would have come to us and asked us because we see everything that's going on, we could have yep. saved a lot of hassle, a
1: lot of headaches there. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Dude. Yeah, it's like that kind of stuff always kills me. I'm like, just just if you just ask me, I'll go handle it for you. You know, did you did
0: you ever have a tour when you were starting out where you felt maybe you you were that person? Where, did you ever oh, yeah. have did you ever have a tour that was like the the tour that like really whipped you into shape and you learned the most and been like oh this is how i have to be if i want to do this
1: i had i had two tours where i was told i'm i'm on the chopping block to get fired
0: mm-hmm.
1: um like most of it was like ex girlfriend drama basically like you know um <laughs> Like, you know, getting the phone call every two hours of like, well, oh, you're cheating on me. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm like, I'm busting my ass to work.
0: <laughs> We're working 16 hours a day. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay.
1: Um, one of them was OAR um, of a revolution. If you don't know what that stands mm-hmm. for. Um, I was on OAR and it was like my first like time having like a real serious girlfriend while I was on the road. And she was batshit crazy. So I didn't help either, you know, like she had a lot of trauma and things like that. And um anyways. So I'm on the road and then um I hung like an upstage truss off center by like a foot and a half, three feet almost fucking stupid amount. Yeah. And that was like a day that my dimmer tech crew chief came to me and was like, if you don't shape up, dude, like they're gonna fire you. Like your your work has not been your best this year i'm like what do i gotta do they're like you gotta get off your phone you gotta start focusing you know i'm like all right i was like can you give me one more day you know like just give me one more day to like fix my mistakes and i will be the best tech you have all the rest of the year and was i the best tech the rest of the year kind of like you know i was still fucking up a little bit here and there but it was not like major major things it was like i would do what i need to do to make it work you know um because there was that one, and then the same girlfriend, uh, same year. I uh, got off of OER, like had a month off, and like in the shop basically, mm-hmm. and then uh, hopped on Mannheim Steamroller, and Mannheim Steamroller, like everyone gets get confused with TSO. It's not TSO, but it's like it's a brutal schedule. It's like you're doing twelve shows in a week. Yeah, you know, like matinees, load in, load outs, all that. And then, of course, like, the first half is a lullaby, so you fall asleep during the show. Yeah. And uh, my LD at the time time-coded it all, to, um And so, like, we, we just played Battleship half the time over Calm, because he had no spotlight calls either.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So, anyways, we get all this going, but uh, same problem. I had this girlfriend who was just calling me every five minutes saying, like, you know, if you don't come home right now, I'm going to, you know blow my brains out and this that stuff like you know that level of like yeah. you know she's not gonna really do that but you're like you're scared you know yeah, yeah, when yeah. people say that shit you're like you have to take it seriously and um I, f- I flew her out to a show and she saw how hard i was working like oh you're up at 6 a.m and you literally work until 2 a.m great you know like and that's when she was like you don't have time to cheat on people I'm like no, like I don't. I don't have time to do any of that, yeah. you know. And who wants to sleep with a dirty, ro- like a roadie who just got done with loadout yeah. at fucking two o'clock yeah, in the morning? Dude,
0: we've been on like, the bus with each other without hitting a shower or something. We know how fucking gross we are.
1: Yeah, you know. I'm like, and it's just like, in the you know, I, that's just not me. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. you know, same thing for you. That's just not you. But like at the same time, it's like, oh, no, <laughs> like I'm not like that. Yeah, like I think in the well, how i've been doing this it's 2022 right now almost 12 years i've been touring like i think i maybe if like slept with one girl on the bus yeah maybe you know like yeah and I, that's the girl that I ended up being a girlfriend you know yeah 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 <laughs> so I mean, like
0: i mean it's it, it's funny that the the stereotype for us as roadies is that like You know, we are out just partying and hooking up and stuff. like. And don't get me wrong. There are certain tours where that is definitely available and can Mm -hmm. happen. But like in my career as a roadie, I've uh, like and I would say I I know this is going to sound terrible coming out of my mouth. But like Mm -hmm. as roadies, we are in perfect positions where if we wanted to get away with cheating, we probably could. We're in different Mm -hmm. cities all the time. Fucking nobody knows who we are. Like But the ironic thing about it is that you you know me and I've been Mm -hmm. married since we've known each other too. And I'm an extremely faithful person and loyal person. And I I've been cheated on by like two or three girlfriends before I met my wife. And Mm -hmm. the and it's always funny because the logic of that is like, well, you're always gone.
1: I'm like, Well, what the fuck? Like that's like I I try to explain to That girlfriend and my ex, and all that stuff. But it's like one of those things where it's like, it's actually easier for you to cheat. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like so much easier because, like, I'm working until, you know, the, I'm working from morning. So I'm working 8 a.m. to, you know, two yeah. or three. And then I have like a three to six before, you know, like gap to, I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. But then after 6 p.m., it's like, okay, well, now I'm in, sh- I have to talk to spotlights, I have to talk to show mode and like, get ready and all that. And then now I'm in the show. and like, I don't have time to go out to the crowd and be like, Hey, do you like this song? Do you like, yeah. you want to hang out? Like I don't. And then it's like, okay, well I'm done. Now I have a choice. I'm like covered in like black fucking pyro trust shit. And do I take a shower or do I try to go out to the, you know, crowd for another 10 minutes? Hopefully some girl stayed around and hit on her and get her on the bus. That ain't going to work. Oh dude. So e- even when I was single, I had yeah. way more interest in getting a
0: good clean shower and dude. eating pizza on the bus than yeah. than going getting a the shower, house with, yeah,
1: putting on like your like your basically your pajama clothes or oh, whatever yeah. you want to call it, like dude, it's a it's a day changer. It's like, like you don't and you can't end your day until you do that kind of thing. No,
0: and you have and and you know you like on the road you have a routine, and any mm-hmm. anything you decide to do that deviates from the, that routine kind of fucks up. So like for me, it's like yeah, end of the show, it's like. You know, b- before I got sober, you know, it was like, okay, end of the show, fucking the second the trailer's loaded, grab a beer, go inside to shower, go back, you know, get your comfy clothes on, go back mm-hmm. to the bus, get whatever's there for after show, and then watch whatever shitty programming is on M T V usually ridiculousness or
1: some shit, and just hang out or with the dudes on jokers. the bus. What? Yeah. Or in practical jokers. Yeah, that, that was a big one on our it's bus. Like- it's like ridiculousness and repractive jokers are on at any point in the day. So you you just throw those on yeah. the strolls. But
0: it's like any, but yeah.
1: any deviation from that routine is almost
0: um, an inconvenience. It's like, 100%. dude, I love having guests at shows when we're traveling because I get to see people I don't get to see often. But there are some times where it's like after they've been there all day, I'm like, God, I really wish I could just fucking, you know, leave them and fucking go to sleep mm-hmm. right now.
1: <laughs> you know, that, yeah, know, I do the thing where it's like nowadays. I'm like, I don't get backstage passes for them. Yeah, and like I just go out to the crowd and say hi, like hang out for two songs. I actually get a so when I get comp tickets, I get two comps. Yeah, right, and I get a third, and that's the seat for me. Like, oh, nice. That's smart. Yeah, so that's how I've been working it lately. That's smart. So that way I can go out there, hang out for a few songs during like the headlines or whatever, and then bail. Um, and uh, it's just. I mean, to your point of like, for me, like as a lighting guy, I'm usually the last person out the door, Yep. you know, like I'm the last person to get showered and all that. So for me, like take my, I have a half hour window before the bus rolls half the time. So it's like, I either can take a shower or, you know, that's it. And, and like, to your point of like, you've been cheated on why you've been gone. It's like, it's so much easier for somebody at home to go to a bar. And get picked up because you have unlimited time you know yeah i don't i have limited time
0: that's actually i've never thought about it that way that actually is a good point because it's like like you just said that half hour window you have if -hmm. you do anything else that's not your normal schedule you're losing out on your shower or your whatever like
1: or like or just like hanging out on the bus it's like and getting after show food when it's still half like not frozen you know yeah i remember
0: one of one of the most i've ever been pissed off in my life on tour is uh when we did um i think it was 2019 we did a show at the united center it's on the thomas Mm -hmm. red tour and our tour manager at the time was like hey you're from here what should we get for after show food and i was like portillo's get some italian beefs get some hot dogs Mm -hmm. and i had friends there that day so or my my stepmom was there too i don't I think my dad made it. I think my dad was out of town, but I remember after the show got done and we loaded out, I went out to say hi to people. And by the time I got back to the bus, motherfuckers had eaten all the Italian beefs that I was looking forward to all day.
1: <laughs> well, my bad, dude. My Not, bad.
0: No, I, it wasn't you. I know exactly who it was because when we get food um you know most most people are very respectful about the food situation they'll be like hey is everybody Mm. eaten? who hasn't eaten there's usually something for everybody um i don't i'll just beep the name out fucking what was it is it was that his name
1: oh yeah fucking that
0: That motherfucker ate three italian beef sandwiches when Mm. everybody had one that was allotted to them and i remember i think it was me and and that didn't get one and we were like god damn this is literally what we were looking forward to all fucking day and this motherfucker ate all of them (laughs) uh
1: can we tell the story Uh, you you were there for that with uh with been the cheeseburger thief (laughs) do you remember that story I think I know what you're talking about but I'm not sure we were on Thomas Rhett and uh I think we're in Canada yeah we were in um What's it called? Regina. Regina, yes. Like what, were we really? Something. I just wanted to say yeah. Regina. No, we we're we were literally in Regina. <laughs> and um oh! our drum tech. Go. Do you know the story? Yeah, yeah Do you go. want to tell it? No, okay, no, wait, no, 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 it. no, 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 go ahead. Okay. So we're so like as we're talking, like, oh yeah, roadies are like more sophisticated nowadays. We don't bring women on the bus, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so our friend, our drum tech brings on two women on our bus and it's like okay we know what's going to happen he's trying to hit up he's trying to hit up one and we kind of need to take care of the other kind of thing right so it's like okay so me and aka the cheeseburger warlord um we were hanging out and like okay here we go and he drops off like the friend with us because we're both like married basically time i was engaged but we were both married basically and he was like she's safe with these guys i'm gonna take this other girl to the back lounge and nothing happened back there because he sucks you know. <laughs> dude i think they, like, i, I want to they I, like kissed i want to bring this it. up though
0: dude uh, i have seen more roadie failures more more roadie hookup failures on the road than i've ever heard of successes all these 100%. fucking dudes think they could just get a girl to the bus dude i've seen more Fucking people strike out than actually have a success story fucking up on the road.
1: Yeah. So like this girl, I guess, is like feeling like she was like, all right, I'm a little too drunk for this or whatever it was. Oh, she was hammered, I remember. Yeah, she was she was hamward. Like she was like, you know, you levels back when you were drinking. (laughs) And like, I was like, this is not gonna go well. But so she comes back, and at the time, we got Whataburger. Like, for some random fucking reason, Regina had a fucking Whataburger. And I had, like, a cheeseburger in hand. Yeah. Like, in hand. And she's like, oh my God, you guys got Whataburger? There's not a Whataburger in Regina. Blah, 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 blah. And she literally snatches that fucking hamburger style, <laughs> snatches that fucking burger out of his hands. <laughs> it takes a bite out of it. And, and this is like, he wasn't trying to hit up like they, it was me and like as the married guys like taking like covering the grenade of the friend yeah and this girl who our drum tech was hitting on just grabs this fucking burger and just starts eating it and he's like what the fuck did you and this and is way too
0: nice na-. is such yeah. a nice is our old monitor engineer such a nice friendly guy it's like he's not gonna make a big deal about it but everybody else was like yo we made a big deal about what the it. fuck
1: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> And she was like, bah, blah, blah, blah. And like, okay, we're all like, just take a deep breath. We're trying to help our boy, you know, it's all good. And you could tell the friend was like starting to get like that, like, you know, a uh, spine chill, like a cat, like, <gasps> like, oh no, these fucking dudes, there's like eight du- dudes on here that are going to fuck me up, you know, because this is my fucking friend stealing burgers. And all of a sudden she's like starting to ask for condiments, like, does anyone got like ketchup? and our videographer fucking <laughs> I
0: remember
1: this <laughs> I, believe, I was God mad at bless him. his soul I was like mad was, at him over this.
0: He, I thought he, this was a little too far but looking back is, on it now it was funny.
1: It's funny, but it's like this is where it's like we get the bad reputation for the artist. Yeah. Because it's always going to be like, well, his drum tech, you know, like mm-hmm. you know, his drum tech like brought me on the bus and these guys fucking da 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 anyways. So he grabs the fucking slices of tomato. He's like, we don't have ketchup, but we got tomato. And she's like, well, you know, throw one at me or some shit. I don't know. She's drunk. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he just starts frisbee whipping this shit, like straight at her. Like, I'm like dodging this shit like a damn landmine's throwing at me or some grenades. And she's just getting splattered with fucking tomatoes. <laughs> like it's a fucking old theater. And I'm like, wait. He's like, yeah, you want some ketchup or you want some mustard too? And like starts throwing other shit at her. And I'm like, and then her friend's like, we gotta get we gotta go. Yeah. We gotta go. Uh my boyfriend's looking for me. I gotta go. And
0: I remember, so- I remember that. I remember one of them being like, My boyfriend's looking for me. I was like, what the fuck are you doing up here?
1: Yeah, why are you on this fucking Google, <laughs> yeah, bro? Yeah. So uh our drum tech uh hit her up like a couple days later and in his phone it says hamburger. <laughs> um he hit her up a couple days later because we had a day off there, and she's like, I had no idea that happened. Like, I have no recollection of that happening. Yeah. Like, I guess, like, she's a very nice person. But, like, when she was drunk, man, she was just yeah. gone. I mean, that, I
0: like, it, listen, alcohol does crazy things to people. <laughs> you know this. <laughs> yes. I mean, we can tell that. Okay. I'm open about my sobriety now. But when I was mm-hmm. drinking, I was a fucking animal. And, you yeah. know, yeah. you know this probably better than my wife does because you saw me drink more than she did. Dude, what became our thing when I was drunk? hey, let's fuck up tank with a bunch of bananas.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> like, yeah. dude, I woke up one time. I went to sleep in one in, in my bunk. And I yeah. remember waking up one time. In I the felt middle, bad about this one afterwards, it, by the way. I woke up in the middle of the night, like 4 a.m., probably still kind of drunk, disoriented. And I roll over my bunk and I feel something. And I was like, what the fuck? And I'm like moving around and I keep feeling the squishing. And I was like, what in the fuck is going on? i turn on the light in my bunk and there's like 30 bananas unpeeled bananas just all over my bunk and i'm like okay cool (laughs)
1: like and the band dude sent you like a black and white photo of them being like yeah yeah we fucking
0: did this bitch yeah 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 there was there was a minute on the road where bananas were the thing it was just it was such a dumb inside joke like i remember one time uh
1: and you didn't even start it that's the crazy part who did Oh, banana phone. Started banana phoning people. Yeah. You know, ring, 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 banana phone and smacking them with a banana. <laughs> That's right. And it, When he was like, you know, uh, obscenely drunk. And then it like became your thing because like it annoyed the fuck out of you when people were like doing banana things. To you. I remember before we got um,
0: a second guitar tech. Who was that? Was that? Yeah. Um, I forgot who was there for a minute before when I, before I joined with us and I was still teching everybody. I remember one time before a bus call brought me a box of strings because mm. he's like, hey, I want to try these strings out. But he he fucking duct taped like a banana to the top of the box and left it on the bus for us. And I was like, OK, Like <laughs> there was there was a good month where everything had To do with bananas for some reason, and I remember just getting so annoyed by everything. And then I think I can't remember who did it. It was probably but somebody kept connecting to the stereo in the front lounge and playing Banana Phone by Raffi all the time. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um. Oh my god. The worst one was probably um again like you got in trouble pretty bad because and like I I I feel like you were it was unjust that you got in trouble. But whatever. Uh, basically, our, our videographer, he was very young at the time, uh, threw a bunch of bananas at you, mm-hmm. and it took off running. And you like grabbed a banana. I remember this. Like I you said, you're pretty drunk.
0: And uh, no, that's the thing. I that's the thing. He, he, I, I wasn't. I remember this story. I wasn't even oh, that yeah. drunk yet. I was. Well, they thought they thought you were. Whatever, oh no, I wasn't. You know.
1: <laughs> but you know, I mean, like the, But like. You get on the artist. He runs onto the artist bus, knowing like you you can't do shit there, but you did. Yeah, and you threw a banana at him, and like I guess you know he had the artist had guests and all that shit, and it was like they were like pissed off. I will never fuck off the bus. I will never forget because
0: that was like the only time that you working for dustin that i he looked mm-hmm. at me and i with a like serious like it was the only time he's ever seriously looked at me and i remember i remember i got on the bus and i whipped a banana as hard as i could a dude running down the bus and he turns in his chair and he looks at me dead in the eyes and goes get off my bus now and i'm like okay mm-hmm. bye <laughs> like yeah. yeah that that was one of the only times that i like I, I actually felt like, woo. I thought, so like, is I'm, that
1: like, was that my first year or the, the year after that?
0: can't remember. I think I was a Luke Bryan yeah. tour.
1: Yeah. So it'd been my first year.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's
1: <laughs> so much of that kind of stuff going on. And then like, um, I was speaking of Luke Bryan. Well, one, one of the nicest fucking dudes out there too. Like I gotta give Luke Bryan credit on that. Oh,
0: his, his, his crew is great, dude. Like, he's, I, I mean, his, his entire team, I don't think to this day, me personally, I've ever been treated as well on a tour as I was mm-hmm. on on a Luke Bryan like, tour.
1: I know a lot of people hate him, but like I I have a lot of respect for him because like my first day on the tour, which was like six months into you guys' tour, um, he came up to me like and personally introduced himself. He's like, Hey, I heard you're the new guy. Welcome to the tour. If you need anything, let me know. And like shook my hand. I was like, Fucking Christ, it's Luke Bryan Give me a fucking handshake yeah, 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 And then there's like a night at 30 When he has like a little party thing Called 32 Bridge And at 32 Bridge at one night He was like, Sean, get over here Yeah, <laughs> like, dude he's, How the fuck do you remember me? Yeah, he
0: yeah. Like, you know, when we're on tour we kind of focus on our jobs and not what the other artists are doing and stuff. And there's been many times where like, I was in my guitar world working on guitars during the day and he would just walk up and stand and watch what's going on and talk to me and stuff like that. And that's like, 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 you know, we didn't even work for him and he made it a point to know who everybody on the tour was, which you don't see much. Like that's a, it's a very, very cool thing.
1: That's what I was Um, just saying. I was just like super nice guy. Like, um, I'm always the biggest fan of his music, but, I I'm a fan of the person.
0: Yeah. And I will say, you know, out of all those tours that we did together, I think those, those were my favorite, like funnest times. Like it was just fun, such a good vibe. I remember when we do like walkaways or some shit, it's like every Mm -hmm. crew would hang out together at night. And like, we'd all sit on the docks and just fucking drink and smoke and hang out. And like, those are good times. Those are the times on the road that you don't forget that are just like, you know, just super fun. And then, you know, you get on, other
1: on th- venues like Guilford where it's like, yeah, 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 And then, yeah. and then you
0: get on other tours. That's the thing that sucks is like you finish a tour like that, where the vibe is just so fucking family oriented and fun and everybody gets along. And then you get on another tour still in that frame of mind. And that tour is nothing like that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, what happened. That's what happened to us really. Yeah. Yeah. We went for Luke Bryan and then it was like, Oh, this tour hates us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun yeah uh, yeah. But
0: yeah like you like said dude it just takes that one person on your crew to fucking ruin it for one everybody. because i remember once we changed our crew we got new people they it was a it was a it was a light switch change dude they were so mm-hmm. nice to us mm-hmm. like some of those people i still talk to to this day like oh yeah oh, yeah. yeah those are just, we could probably sit here for hours and just talk touring oh, stories because we've got we've got people that were on our crew that i like that we haven't even brought up that were like hilarious moments, but we won't. We're not I mean, already I've never once, okay, once I've had to edit a podcast due to a, mm-hmm. a joke that people would have taken wrong. I'm probably gonna have to beep out a lot of names in this just because.
1: <laughs> we talk about uh um uh, our drum tech who we are like he has like he had like an underwear sponsorship or something. But he always wore like the holiest underwear and just one day <laughs> yes. he like he just walks out of like Bunk Alley in his underwear and it's like ball is just like oh, I remember out. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, dude, you gotta get some new underwear. I'm, like, what <laughs> yeah, the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like shit like that. Like that's the stuff I I love touring about because it's like the I dumb funny to, moments. Yeah, it's just like the little moments like that where it's like, This is this is good. You know, I,
0: like I have so many videos on my phone that I will never share just because mm. it's not stuff that should be public, but it's like memories from the road that are just hilarious and people doing yeah. dumb things and stuff like that. And it's like, dude, just some of the funniest memories I have and funnest moments have, have been on tour or just in the middle of nowhere, doing dumb things with people and just-
1: or, uh, or, or getting you with the fucking hot one
0: or the, uh, oh my links. God, dude. So I'll tell this one because I want to, I'll give you from my frame of mind, so mm-hmm. we, we used Buffalo Wild Wings was uh, a, a very popular after food choice on tour because they're everywhere. Um, I don't know if they have those in Europe and we have a lot of European listeners. So for anybody that's not familiar with Buffalo Wild Wings, it's basically a chicken place. Um, they have wings and boneless wings and wraps and stuff. And they always used to get us boneless wings. A lot of different flavors. We'd get like regular Parmesan garlic, honey barbecue. But they'd always get one tub of hot ones. Like the really hot
1: ones. Yeah, it's they the like blazing, blazing sauce or whatever yeah. the fuck it's called. But yeah, and basically the hottest of the the pep like yeah. sauces and, that you can get.
0: And I can't handle that stuff. I don't really like really hot stuff. And I remember this was this was definitely when I was still drinking because I you remember drinking. being hammered for this. Yes. I'm eating I'm pounding chicken, just eating mm-hmm. all this the regular or the honey barbecue or something. Do you remember why I got off the bus? I remember leaving the
1: bus. I don't remember why I got off the bus, but that's exactly the time that yeah uh, was like, "Shaw, should I do this?" And I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." <laughs> so, and- <laughs> so I I leave
0: the bu- I'm I'm drunk, I'm pounding chicken. I I leave the bus for some reason, and I come back to the bus, and I resume exactly what I was doing. I was just drunk and hungry, so I start eating the chicken again. I fucking smash like a couple boneless wings into my mouth, and after a few seconds. Start my whole mouth started hurting and I realized that these guys swapped out the normal wings that I was eating with the blazing hot ones. (laughs) And I remember, dude, I remember for quite a while after that, I was like sitting in the front lounge, like, Profusely drooling and just panting and just in pain. And like, I think somebody yeah, threw g- up,
1: I think, too. <laughs> it was like,
0: those are the dumb moments that probably to other people sound really stupid, but to us on the road,
1: yeah. like, it's just funny, entertaining moments. It's like, or I was like, it sounds really mean. It's like, why would you do that? Like, you could have killed him. Uh, uh, no. Nah. No. Stop. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it does like, sound mean. It does sound mean now. Like, yeah, I yeah, mean, <laughs> we're like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Let's get him. Yeah.
0: I feel yeah. like I feel like a lot changed. At least pranks on me, like mm. after I got sober, because like one of the,
1: yeah, one of the pranks we did on you when you're, I think it was when you were still drinking, is like, uh, unfortunately, like, other people got in on it. But like, you, I mean, we all know that you have a tendency to tell a lot of stories. Yeah. So like, there would be times where like you'd be like, Shaw, you gotta listen to this, and you tell the story, and then you do it again, and you'd be like, Hey, you gotta listen to this, and then we all hear the story again. And like every time somebody came on the bus, you would do it. So we all got clickers, and we were starting to count how many times you would tell us the same story. I don't even know about this. Yeah, so like I, there was a time where like I had I got everyone clickers, and we had all click how many times we heard the same story from you in like any given day or weekend. And uh, <laughs> there was like a time where I had like five or six
0: like up. Th- that's you know what that's been actually the cool thing about YouTube now. Is now I can just do a video and put it up and everybody can hear the story. Everyone and I, hears it. And I don't need to go around. I don't need to go around and tell a million people the same thing anymore. <laughs> but dude, that, that I know my personality. Like, right. I'm, there's nothing anybody could tell me about myself that I would be surprised by. They're like, people no. are like, I've had comments on YouTube where people are like, you talk a lot. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Or like, it's kind a job now. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, dude, the the last thing, uh, touring story wise that I'll I'll hit on before we start talking about more like YouTube and Twitch stuff because you're at it too. Mm-hmm. Uh there was a, another one as well. Okay, well let's do that too. There was a good six months where I was terrified to actually take a shower after a show. Do you remember why? Oh no. yeah, yeah. Ice buckets, bro. Ice bucket.
1: <laughs> My God, it was always you too. It was always on it, you. It was always like, me. They didn't come after me.
0: That's because I had that's because the reaction that they got from me was probably worse than everybody else. So there was a good 6 months where I was terrified to shower after shows because one of the band members and they fucking know. Band members fucking know that if they fuck with the crew, <laughs> we're not going to do anything to retaliate <laughs> cuz they're the mm-hmm. band members. <laughs> so I'd be showering and um and just like at a venue and if you didn't lock the door, even if you did lock the door, somebody would pick it.
1: So, yeah. But, yeah. i'd be showering These are like locker room showers though like there is no door yeah, but the one know? that
0: i'm specifically thinking of was definitely like oh yeah there yeah. was a it was a bathroom was with a door. locked door yeah, yeah. um i'm just enjoying a nice hot shower and then all of a sudden this fucking ice bucket just dumped on yeah. my head
1: i remember because the drummer picked the lock with one of his
0: cars. yeah it was yeah i remember doing it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah dude but that that terrified me there was there was mm-hmm. a solid half a year where i was like Dude, while I'm taking a shower every two seconds, I'm peeking out the curtain and I'm like listening. And there were days where I heard like the lock getting picked and I'd fucking before they got there, I'd rip open the curtain and try and pull them into the shower or something. But yeah, showering, showering was an adventure for a while.
1: I never used like softball pitch to my side at some point. I can't remember. Or something like that. Uh, Like everyone got very scared that you were like. Chucking ice because they're like, oh yeah, he used to be a fucking baseball player, you know. <laughs> yeah, and like they got a little fucking freaked out for a minute. They're like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe we shouldn't do this anymore. Uh, I also remember like my like second week with Dustin, um, I was in like in one of the locker rooms and like taking a shower, and actually like was in there. Like we were like, you know, it's like all right, we're all bros, but yeah, none
0: of us care. That's what I yeah. really quick. That's what I always found weird when people get weird about locker room showers. I'm like, dude, yeah. what do you think sports teams do? If you got a right. shower, go in there and shower. Nobody gives a shit. We're all
1: grown men. You know? Nobody cares. Do I uh, do I enjoy my privacy when I'm showering? Of course. Yeah. But if I, if I, it's like, hey, either take a shower with, you know, your, your, your roadie brothers or, uh, don't shower at all. I'll definitely take a shower. Yeah, for you know? sure. Um, you can face a wall, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. You know, they see your ass, you see your ass. But the, uh, I remember me and <laughs> showering and all of a sudden, like, some, like random girl, like just comes busting into the locker room, like "What's going on in here, boys?" <laughs> and it's like, "What the hell is going on?" Yeah. And she was like, "Oh, okay, y'all showering." I'm like, "Yep, yeah." <laughs> I, yeah. I was so like that was like the only time where I felt like. I'm. A, I feel a little violated here. A little invasion of privacy. Like too much. And it much. wasn't. It, I. I remember hearing
0: about this, and it wasn't like somebody that was on the tour.
1: It was like a random, no, drunk, it was like girl like random drunk girl that they brought back, and it yeah. was like. Ah. I was like, I'm not going to tell the wife about this one. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like there are some stories I just kind of like. Mm, I'm just gonna leave off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, because if I say drunk, drunk girl in shower, she'll probably like. That's the only word she'll hear. Uh, <laughs> the whole story. Yeah. I mean, I've um, joked.
0: I've joked with Claire many times, like. You know, the shower situation on tour of like, I've, I've probably seen more dicks in my life than my wife has just because yeah, showering probably. on tour and like, I don't yeah. give a shit. Uh, the, the
1: other story I was going to bring up is, uh, my, my boy, Baba. Baba. Oh, Serge, I'm wearing the shirt for
0: him. You know? I, I really quick. I have told some viewers about Serge. Oh, I love the guy. Serge was our crew bus driver on Dustin Lynch. The mm-hmm. best bus driver. One of the greatest people ever. He's the one that, uh, he was born in like Eastern Canada, so he speaks like French Canadian. But he then moved to Boston when he was a kid, so he has this weird French Canadian Boston accent. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's so good. It's so yeah. good. The greatest uh, guy. One of the best. There, there's two pranks that, or like two or three pranks that I did with him. Um, one was the <laughs> memorial lounge. While we'll the <laughs> but like. One of our management got really fucked up and had to sleep in the back lounge. And the next morning he looked so fucking rough. He was and so like, mad. He was so mad because all night long he was trying to tell the crew that they had to give up their bunk for him. Yeah. And his boss basically said, fuck that. He sleeps in the back lounge. Yeah. And he like, there's like, um, what do you call that? Like, or, like just like wood veneer or something. Yeah. It's like, like the frame. Like, I remember like, this, the frame around the, fr- the entertainment system. Yeah. The frame around the entertainment center, the trim. He like knocked that shit off he was like fucking pissed was, i Man. can just
0: imagine him like so the, the next morning when we saw that when the frame was ripped off the wall and stuff mm-hmm. i've just got this picture of like 4 a.m going down the fucking road in the middle of the night and he's back there just fucking raging like i'd like to it, imagine him just like hardcore dancing and kicking and punching shit think like a five
1: foot four guy fury <laughs> without the coolness factor that's what this guy looked like and he um yeah dude it was just so bad. He. So, anyways, I I made a plaque and it made it look like he was dead. Uh that said, you know, the manager memorial lounge S 2016. And like we hung that plaque up in the back lounge of that bus. And I think it's still in there. Like I think Pioneer left it. In that crew bus? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And I'm like, oh my God, it's so bad. (laughs) Um, but the other one was uh Serge one day came on the bus and he was like, Yo Shaw these women out here gonna need some surge protectors and if you know what i'm saying and i'm like what does that even mean and uh so for christmas that year i made him custom made condoms that say surge protectors and it says no more baby nana because that was one of the phrases he popped out all the time until we just until we just moved
0: uh uh-huh i had one of those surge protector condoms stuck to like the mirror i have a picture in our bathroom
1: yeah, uh, yeah. Like, I have that picture in my phone because i that's when I reference this. I always pull up that picture because you said yes, picture Yes, dude. Of oh, my God. Fucking Serge. And, and like, he was so excited. But uh, I also met Serge's mom a few times, and she was out at a Brad Paisley oh, show. Oh, what a lady. Uh, with Leroy. Yeah. Which I didn't know his name was Lee Space Roy yeah. up until like last year. Oh, really? You know. Yeah. I thought his first name was Leroy, but no, it's Leroy. Leroy uh, is another bus driver. Serge's cousin? Yeah. Right? Okay. So Mama Serge was out there with us. Ma- you know, Mama. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, you're the one that got my boy all his custom condoms, huh? I was like, yes, ma'am. She's like, well, where are they? And I'm like, "Uh, hold on. And I, I carry like two or three of them in my bag just in case. <laughs> and... So I give one to her and I am I mean, I was so bad. I took a picture with her holding the condom. Oh my God. And I was like, you know what I'm doing with your mom later, Serge? Oh, come on. <laughs> make he's j- like, don't you be doing nothing to my mom? Uh, that
0: probably would have like, I could only imagine him raging over that. Cause like <laughs> Serge, when he got frustrated was so funny, but like not in a bad way. Like Serge is like the nicest, friendliest fucking dude ever. And the dude's yeah. a monster. Like he's a big guy. What, he's like six foot two, probably just built like a brick house, like. And you're like, probably close to 300-ish pounds. Yeah, he's a know? big boy. Dude, it's funny you're bringing up the surge protectors. I got this in, uh, the Electric Cowboy guys sent me something, and they have Electric Cowboy nice. condoms now, and that made <laughs> me think of the surge protectors. Speaking of Electric Cowboy, um... Somebody brought you up on stream the other day because yesterday when I was streaming, I said my next podcast episode was going to be with Hobby Time, Shaw. And somebody was like, isn't that your friend that introduced you to Electric Cowboy? And I was like, it was because you are the first of all, let's let's really dive into this because I've told some people, but you're pretty much the reason I'm doing this right now, because. When the pandemic happened and stuff, we started. I like we started talking about just doing stuff from home, and you're like, "Why don't you just try and stream?" And I didn't even, I hadn't even thought of it. And I was like, "Okay, mm-hmm. so." But when I first started the YouTube channel, it was like the second or third video. You were like, "Dude, you got to check out this band called They Were Eskimo Cowboy at the time." Right. You got to check this band yeah. out, and you didn't really tell me anything about them. And I remember starting that video. In the reaction. I know it was like,
1: to me, it was like, this is like a, not a trolley video, but I knew it was like, okay, it starts off kind of like you think it's going to be a boy band. Yeah. And also that uh, drop hits. And I was like, I and I knew the band was doing reaction videos to reaction videos. Yeah. So I was like, hey, you just started. You should try to get, you know, yeah. do this video because maybe you got a shot at it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because I, I think you were like, at the time you were streaming Destiny for like a minute there. Dude. Yeah. And, and then that wasn't going very well. And I then you switched to YouTube and started doing the music things. And that's when I was like, okay, if you're gonna do that, like let me throw this video at you. And then all of a sudden you like blew up. Yeah, the,
0: the problem was well, not really a problem. I was like a couple months late to that one. Cause like a lot of reactors on YouTube, they go right when a video comes out. Like I don't really necessarily do that. Like I kind of have like a schedule, but um, I was late on that one. But it wasn't until they did like I finally made it into one of their reaction videos when it like we got the moves or pump it or something came out. But the crazy thing is fast forward a couple of years later and it's like I, I was I was going to be touring with those guys last month. The tour got yeah. canceled, but it's like it's so crazy how full circle a lot of this stuff has become from you just telling me to do a reaction to electric cowboy to me like touring with them mm-hmm. and like to having them on the channel for for interviews and stuff and like it's so wild in a weird way I feel connected more to the music industry now than I ever Mm -hmm. was like on tour and it's just this 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 whole twitch and youtube thing has been so wild and it is it is really because you put that idea in my head but you know even though you're still touring like you're doing it too it's like so you know and I said when I introduced you that you are a giant nerd and I mean that in Mm -hmm. a very endearing way because I am too but like yeah, I've I've turned on your stream um, and, you know, you're you're painting Warhammer figures and you're fucking mm-hmm. dressed up like a mermaid or some shit. <laughs> like, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I went from like doing like the Warhammer figs to like I'm I'm coming back to it a little bit because I have a couple of friends that want me to. But most of the time nowadays, it's like, how can I go make an ass of myself for like two hours and whatever? Um, I play games or like, yeah, I'll dress like a mermaid or eat spicy hot chips and, you know. <laughs> drown myself in coffee creamer or something. I don't know. I I don't even know what I do anymore, but um, I just get on because I enjoy meeting people. So,
0: and it's, and it's so entertaining, dude. It's like Twitch is fucking difficult. And it's like, that's what you said. Like I was streaming destiny. I was the dumbass that was just like, yeah, I'll get on Twitch. I'll play what I want to play. People are going to watch and I'm going to make money. Cause I didn't know. I didn't know better. Yeah, dude. My first, like I streamed for two months on Twitch before I ever did YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I think in that two months, I had like two or three average viewers every time. (laughs) Like I was like,
1: this is difficult. Baffles me how, if you like look at the top users of Twitch, I'm always like, oh, you know, there's so many affiliates. yeah, so many affiliates. Like I'm an affiliate, everyone's affiliate. But it's like, it's so easy to get, but there's so many people that don't have it. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you not have it? If you've been streaming for like a year, how do you not have it? And it's like literally because it's it's hard to get that first five people to watch you mm-hmm. all the time, you know. Well, like I, I saw you
0: post your end of the year stats or something, mm-hmm. and this is a good this is a good example of of how difficult or, or how crazy oversaturated Twitch is. Mm-hmm. How what what's your what's your average viewers like? I don't mean to put you on the spot, but
1: no, uh, right now I'm honestly like. Active chatters wise, I probably got like four or five on on any given stream. Okay. But the uh, viewership, I'm probably around 12. Like I top out around like 20 on some streams, but most of the time I'm around 12. And according to your end of the year stats,
0: you're in like the top 4% of streamers on Twitch. That's that's how oversaturated Twitch is, dude. It's crazy. Like, Like me, my end of the year stats on Twitch is like top 2%. And I was like, wait, what? How yeah. is that
1: possible? And you're like, I, I get like a hundred. Yeah. Like you're like averaging around like 125
0: or so. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a little higher nowadays, but I, I, I attribute that directly to YouTube. Like, I, dude, mm-hmm. if I were a random person that came across my streams, I probably wouldn't watch them. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, Finn McKenty, uh YouTuber that does music stuff, put it very, very well recently mm-hmm. where I was talking to him about streaming and content and stuff. And he goes. He goes, think, think about it. Like you're just a chef in a kitchen, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, and he goes, and, and I really started thinking about that. And I was like, wow, that's a good analogy because a lot of people do, they, they go on, they go on stream and they do what they want, just expecting everybody to watch. And then people don't watch and they get really aggravated and they, they lose motivation. But like he said, you're a chef in a kitchen and you've got to prepare something that people are going to enjoy. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's a good way of looking at it. And that's like, there, that's why there are times where I I would love to just jump on stream and do nothing but play destiny for two hours. But the thing is, I see the numbers. Nobody's interested be in bo-
1: it. Nobody, be, everybody be bored. Yeah. You know? That's why, like I started, like I said, like I, I, I kind of changed from Warhammer stuff and I'm actually kind of getting back into it a little bit. But like when I first started, I realized nobody wants to sit here and watch me just paint, you know? Yeah and i I had a couple of like heart-to-hearts with some other people and like obviously i've asked you for advice sometimes and here and there but like overall i'm like if you're gonna be on twitch and this is like where i thought like what you do is really easy for like not easy but like that is you your personality yeah you have to be able to tell stories Mm -hmm. and you have to be able to like give people your genuine self at, at any given point because if you fake it, you're not going to get there. Yeah. And if you actually care and be genuine and tell stories and t- like hang out and chat with people like you would at a bar, you'll get viewership. Yeah. But if you just sit there and like, like I said, if you sit there and play Destiny or Apex or Rocket League or whatever the fuck you're going to play, and you're not talking or you're not engaging, like I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna click off right away. I'm yeah. gonna go to the next stream.
0: And I I watch. I watch a lot of videos on YouTube of like I don't know what you would consider their content, but it's people that talk about how Twitch works and streaming works and stuff like that.
1: And just like Twitch helper support, yeah, yeah.
0: And I saw a video recently where somebody was like, you know, if you're gonna be, here's the he said the problem with being a video game streamer, like a dedicated video game streamer, is that most people think that it's easy as just playing a game and people will watch because they like that game. But he goes, if you're gonna be a video game streamer you either have to be in like the top 0.1% of skilled players at that game in the world. Like you have to be so good that people know they're going to be blown away when you play. And if you're not, your personality has to be in like the top 0.1% of entertaining people, because yeah. if it's, if it's not, nobody has a reason to watch your channel. Yeah. And that's why a lot of the, the streams that I do now are music related or just just chatting and stuff like that is because Anytime we play a game and it's just how it is. It's like we we turn on Fall Guys, viewers drop. We turn on yep. Rocket League, viewers drop. Call of Duty, viewers drop. And what it's made me realize is that at least for me personally, for Twitch, like people, people are there to hear about music and fucking road stories and shit. Nobody yeah. gives a fuck about me playing games as much as I like to. Now, I will say there's probably a couple people that are interested in it and that's cool, but like, that's why I play video games on my own time now and I don't do it on stream because yeah. that's not exactly. why people have come to my channel. And one of the other things I realized, too, is like, um, you know, you look at number numbers are like a good tell of how you're doing, but they can also be very discouraging because it's like
1: mm-hmm. especially uh, when you're starting off.
0: Yeah. Like as of right now, I think I look to this one. I have like one hundred and seventy some thousand subscribers on YouTube. But when I stream on Twitch, there's between 100 and 200 people there. It's like, where are those other 170 some odd thousand people? And it's like, yeah, people I'm fine with that. I know I understand how this shit works, but there are people that get discouraged by that. They're like, why do I have this many people following me here? But they're not following me here. It's like, I know people that have 500,000 followers on TikTok, but they can't get 10,000 followers on YouTube. And it's because all these platforms are so fucking different that you have to adjust to them.
1: Well, yeah, like uh, for me, like I, let's just say like for Twitch, I don't, I'm like just on the cuffs of getting 500 followers, Yeah, just like very small number, but whatever. But like, if you go to my Twitter, like actual people follow me that aren't bots, I'm probably at like 60, you know, like, dude, and, or Instagram or whatever. It's like, yeah. I'm like, my numbers are all low, but if you go to like TikTok, I'm close to like 700 or whatever. Yeah. Your, and... your numbers crush me on TikTok. Yeah like i'm okay but like i stopped making content for tiktok but it's, yeah because i it just it's so time consuming like this whole, all the content creation that like i think this is where i struggle the most is time because i don't, i can't i'm not sitting at home you know yeah. I, i'm on the road i'm constantly moving i'm constantly like um like the other day i had somebody who was like hey i want you to like do a like i have on another couple podcasts and they're like hey on wednesday when you get home will you do a podcast and i'm like dude, I'm burnt out. Like I, I slept three hours. Like I'm not, I'm not in podcast mode. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm like still like, you know, my back's still hurting from the bus. And honestly, I stayed up too late drinking and took some guys to the airport the next morning and whatever. And um, so it's just like, for me, it's just so hard to set a schedule for time. Like I know, I know when you stream you're on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays, like, yeah. I have it in my head. Like, all right, you know, tanks can be on at one o'clock. You know, like yeah. I know that like in my head or noon or whatever, and I can't set that kind of schedule. And I think that's yeah. for me, that's, that's the hardest part of my growth is that I don't have the time to build content and I don't have the time to like necessarily stream all the time.
0: Yeah. So and it's it, it's difficult, man. And I, I understand that because I'll tell you right now, if I were still do, if I were still t- touring full time. There's no way I'd be able to to knock out what I am. And it's kind of weird how all of this worked just for me personally is because I started doing this right when the pandemic pretty much started and everybody was at home anyway, so that worked out. And then Mm -hmm. I made that decision in my head is like when Claire and I had Ingrid, I was like, I'm going to stay home for a while. So that kind of burned it into my head that like, I need to do something with this content stuff. I need to make something of it because if I'm going to stay home and be with my daughter – the other option Which, is touring.
1: Yeah. Let's, to you, face,
0: let's face it, dude. Like what the fuck are we going to do if we're not working in, uh, on the road?
1: I don't know what at, I would do at best right now. The only other offer I have to get off the road is to be a shop manager. And, and that makes sense for you. Yeah. Right. And like in my brain, I would be like, no, <laughs> like every time I I'm offered it, I'm like, my number goes up. Cause like, I know myself well enough. I'd probably, be so depressed not being on the road. I I will say I thought I was going to be the same. I, Mm. I, I,
0: I I do miss the road. I I will be honest and say that, Mm. but not nearly as bad as I thought I would. Maybe, maybe because I do have a daughter at home now, Mm. but like, dude, but for me, like, like you being in the field of like, you know, lighting tech and stuff like that. Like you could work at a shop, uh, best shot I have is like fucking working at the guitar desk at guitar center
1: (laughs) or fucking sound check
0: or something. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't want
1: to do that. Like, I think, um, but one thing you've always been really good about and like, um, it just goes to who you are, but you've always been really good about getting like, I don't want to say sponsorships, but like relationships with companies, Yeah, like, like, you know, violent gentlemen and stuff like that. Like you've always been very good about, making those connections and getting some kind of like, I don't want to say a deal going, but like, you know, they hooked us up with all our DL, uh, crew yeah. shirts at some point. Yeah. Like you always had like kind of a hookup with something. So I feel like you would be a, you would end up as like a sales rep of some sort. And you know, I, I think part of that is
0: because when I was in college, I did work in sales, like for a company and stuff. So I've, mm-hmm. I've, and, and you know me, like I talk a lot. I like to tell stories. Like I can, I yeah. can get on with pretty much anybody, but, um, you know, a lot of that relationship building in the music industry, though, is also from like, um, for example, you know, working for Dustin. It's like I, mm-hmm. I like a lot of the time I don't know if people realize a lot of the times the artists themselves aren't the ones that are like talking to the companies that are endorsed by it's their techs. Mm-hmm. So it's like I was the one that was always in constant contact with Breedlove and ESP yeah. and Ernie Ball and all that stuff. So it's like I've talked to so many of these people so many times that it's like it's it's kind of just part of the job right. and stuff like that. Um, and it's like, you know, I, I probably I don't know. I, I feel like connections that I've made on YouTube and stuff as well. It's like, hey, maybe I could fucking work at a record label or work right. for one of these gear companies, but I this is this is a conversation that a lot of us roadies have a lot. It's like if we're not on the road, mm-hmm. what are we gonna fucking do?
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it definitely came up with when when COVID hit. Yeah. Um I was going through a lot of stuff, but you know, my parents kept asking me like what are you going to do if this continues to go on you know and i'm like i don't know yeah i <laughs> haven't thought that far and you know like well you should go, like i get the conversation with my parents like every other month you think we should go back to school We should go back to school <laughs> and i'm like i don't want to spend 100 grand to go get a master's degree in theater yeah because that's dead and i don't want to get a, i don't want to go into for computer programming because i'll I'll, again, it's too repetitive. I'll hate myself. Yeah. Like, but like you know, um, doing great. Yeah. Went and got a networking degree or whatever, like a associate's degree in something, and he's doing great now. And you know, like that's where I'm like, it'd be very difficult for me to change jobs. I think if I did, I would end up trying to do, um, more video stuff like this, like editing and mm-hmm. helping out, um, content creators, like upgrade their streams and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's like, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. I, yeah. I, I tried to try to get into film of some sort and be a grip. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I've had this conversation with Claire so
0: much cause it's like, mm. and even my dad, my, uh, my dad is a very realistic person, sometimes maybe a little cynical, but very real. And he's like, what's your plan for when this ends? It's like, what do you mean? He goes, YouTube isn't going to last forever. It's like, maybe not. But I don't know. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: like I have no, I've, since I was 18 years old, I was all, this is, this is the roadie life, dude. We mm-hmm. never know what's coming
1: next. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just like me right now. I, I don't know if I'm going to be working for Brad Paisley next year or if I'm going to be working for somebody else.
0: Well, like, that, that's the crazy thing about like our, our time that we worked for Dustin Mm -hmm. That's a fucking anomaly in our industry, dude. You don't get put on full-time with somebody. It's like 90... Especially
1: as a lighting tech.
0: Yeah, 90% of roadies are are looking for their next tour when they're currently on a tour. And that's how I was Mm -hmm. for years. But I feel like that's how I am in life. It's like, you know, fucking COVID happened. We couldn't tour. All right, let's try YouTube. All right, let's say Mm -hmm. fucking my YouTube channel sucks or I pull a fucking... I say the wrong thing and I get, you know, my channel gets canceled or something. It's like, yeah. I'll, I'll just Claire. I'll go work for home. Depot, I guess, you know, Claire, Claire fucking jokes all the time that my catchphrase should be. We'll figure it out. Cause anytime yeah. something comes up, she's like, what are we going to do about this? I was like, "I oh, we'll figure it out. Cause that's literally how I look at life. It's like,
1: you that's can't plan. Say to you. She'd be like, your
0: catchphrase is either. We'll see, or we'll figure it out. Yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, that's, you can't, you can, you can plan enough for certain things. Like you can plan financially if you want to and stuff like that. But Mm. when it comes to shit in life, you can't plan for certain things. Nobody planned for a fucking pandemic happening. Oh, like nobody.
1: So what did we do? We figured it out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? So it's, that's like, that's how it is with uh, with most of us. Like in, in life, it's like very rarely you get like a gig where you're, you're locked in and you're the guy. Oh, when you when you finally get to that place in that, you know, what I mean, like when you find her in that place, you end up with uh, somebody coming out and being like, and it's a new production manager and he fired all the crew yep. and yep. we we've, we've recycled everybody. So, yeah, it's like it's very rare that you get to stay with one artist the whole time.
0: Yeah. And it's crazy because like people don't understand what that means. Like I tell people that I like toured with Van Halen and they're like super mm-hmm. impressed because they in their head, they're like, oh, Van Halen, huge. You probably made a lot of money. I made more money working for fucking Dustin Lynch than I did working for Van Halen. Yep. Yep. Like, and it, and a lot of that was age experience job, like stuff, you know, job title on the road and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like people get impressed over the big names, but it's like, I've made more money working for smaller artists full time Mm -hmm. than I did doing one of those really big legacy act tours. Yep. Yep. So.
1: Well, and those big tours, you're just a number. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're For me, they always call us L something. So like, you know, it's like that I'd be like L six. And all I do is set up two hazers all day. Yeah. I was, I was the assistant merchandise manager on Van
0: Halen for God's sake. You know, it's (laughs) like. Exactly. It's, it's just, you know, on tours that size, any, pretty much anybody's replaceable. Like Mm -hmm. overnight. I mean, when that Van Halen tour started, dude, I don't, I don't know the specifics behind it for what I was always told. It was. David Lee Roth had a problem with certain crew people if they did the wrong thing. But like there was like 12 people turned over in the first week of that tour. And it Damn. was like production managers, stage managers, like mm-hmm. people that you would think shouldn't be replaceable on a tour of that size, but they were right. Anybody yeah. in our line of work is replaceable at any
1: time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, then that is the unfortunate part, no matter how I good had, you are uh, your job. So I was doing a CCM tour. It's Christian music. You know which i'm not a big fan of but i've I've done many of those yeah so i was paying the bills you know and uh i had this kid and he just he sucked he just sucked you know um 24 knew it all knew you know i've worked way bigger gigs than you've ever done i'm like i I don't care you know like you name drop something i'm like uh okay neat (laughs) you know and uh but i was a screw chief and i was like i was literally like um telling him like dude you gotta shape up or i'm getting you a greyhound bus home yeah like you're you're being an asshole to me and the the stagehands and everyone else because you feel like you should be crew chief instead of me and this isn't your tour it's mine like i'm i'm the boss on this one and we got in a big fight and basically um i called the company i was working for and they're like if you need to replace them replace them and so i was like well we come home in a day and uh i'm gonna have a chat with him and tell him that shape up or you're gone Mm -hmm. and of course we found out that i was serious because he called the company i'm working for and they went yeah if you don't shut up and listen to him you're gone like it's his call if he wants to send you home he sends you home Mm -hmm. and that's how it goes man like um we've all had that conversation a few times like i know i know you had that conversation a couple times i've had it yep like i said uh, earlier in the podcast uh I said it. I was like, I've had that conversation twice. Yeah. And it really jars you like, okay, uh, gotta shut up and do my job. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny because in this industry you
0: do, I feel like that, that ego and that cockiness Mm -hmm. can be at any age because like, I'll fully admit, like when I asked you earlier, I was like, did you have any tours that like really, you know, like, dude, my, mine was that Van Halen tour. Mm -hmm. I was 23, maybe 22. And I, I I was cocky because I was like, I got on a Van Halen tour and I've done other arena tours and I know exactly how the industry works. Dude, I got shit on when I first started that tour. Those yep. old fucking seasoned, like lifelong roadies out there, they were not impressed. They thought I was a little punk fucking cocky kid and they put me in my place yep. very fast. Our live nation rep, it was actually one of the best comp- compliments I've ever gotten our live nation rep on that tour pulled me aside at the end of the tour and was like, Hey man, I just want to tell you how good of a job you did on this tour. Because when you first started, I I, I would, I was betting you were going to be gone in two weeks. He goes, you came into this tour as a very egotistical, know-it-all little shithead kid. And he goes, a lot of other people I've seen on the road wouldn't have handled it like you did. And you learned a lot. You finally shut the fuck up and listened to other people and he goes, I would be happy to have you on any of my other tours. And that, to me, told me right there. I'm like, OK, I don't I don't, right. I don't yeah. need to be a know at all yeah. like I, yeah. I can I can learn. I can shut the fuck up and learn. And, and you know, that's what I try I, and I, do. I had the
1: exact conversation as well with one of my LDs. Yeah. He's like, you fucked up this tour so bad in the beginning, but you turned it around. And like, now I'd take you on any gig I have. Yeah. And that meant more to me than anything. Because then a week later, he's like, I think you should move to Nashville. And, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll be, you know, a hot commodity in Nashville. You're a great guy. You can do it. And like fucking three days later, I packed up a U-Haul and we moved to Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. Those
0: are, those are learning moments, dude. They're, they're invaluable learning moments. You know, you can, you can learn a lot when you fuck up, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Sad, but true. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, and, and it's all about how people take those moments too. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you witnessed my entire start of my sobriety. You knew who I was mm-hmm. when I was drinking. And it's like, I had that moment where I was like, I can either keep doing this or I can well,
1: fucking and stop. That was like, you went from drinking to, you started going to other substances. Yes. You know? Which I have so just, also re- been open about. Yeah. You like replaced it with like, okay, well I went from, you know, drinking, now I'm smoking a lot. Now yeah. I'm doing this a lot. You know, it's just like, and, um, so I was there for all of that. Yeah you know and i think around um uh like around covet time right like is when you kind of came out to me and said like hey i've been you know doing some painkillers and things like yeah. that and i'm just not doing good yeah um but now i've been talking to all these guys through aa and realizing it's not just about alcohol it's about all addiction it's everything and, yeah and and you uh You kick that habit too, and I'm like, dude, Mm -hmm. like again, like very proud of you for all that
0: stuff.
1: Yeah, it's it is crazy. It's almost been three years now, and I and I and
0: I've been open about that. I was like, listen, I haven't drank in six years, Mm -hmm. but that those those addictive tendencies just replaced themselves with other things until I finally got help and got sober and. Again, it just goes, every single person's different. Like I know people that, that, that quit drinking, but they still smoke and that's fine, whatever. But like, Mm. for me, it finally got to the point where it was like, dude, you know, the, the lowest point for me, like not drinking, but abusing other things was when, um, Claire had back surgery and they gave her like wild painkillers and I was fucking like snaking them out of the cabinet every night. And then one day she called me out and she was like are you taking my painkillers? And I was like, no, it's like, you're probably taking them when you're like half asleep and you just don't remember. And I look back on that now. And I was like, Oh, it's such a fucking addict, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? So, so
1: yeah. Uh, my dad was doing something like similar with alcohol for a while, like a while. Like I didn't know about it, but he was like, he was the guy that was like drinking like my liquor. Cause I had, you know, I was like old enough. I was living at home, whatever. Um, And he was buying my, he was, you drink my liquor that i bought and then realize oh shit he's gonna realize how much i drank and he'd like put a sharpie line on the bottle to where he needs to fill it back up to you know and then he'd go out and buy another bottle of booze and fill it up and then drink the rest of that bottle that he like bought and it's like when you're that level you gotta hide it you know you have a problem you know like yeah but d- but I he- dad's sober like 15 years now. Yeah, so that's
0: that's awesome. But but here's the thing a lot of people with those problems, and I don't want to speak for anybody but myself. So I'll just say mm-hmm. myself having those problems. Um you just learn to you just learn to get better at hiding it. Rather right. than fixing it, you just or or at least you think you're good at hiding it. You're really right. fucking not. <laughs> like yeah. and that was me. It's like, dude, when I got sober and started like telling Claire about like stuff that I, she's like, I know. I was like, oh fuck! Oh <laughs> like, shit. I guess I'm not as yeah. good of a liar as I thought I was. Like, yeah. But yeah, but you know, it's it's been an interesting journey through all that because, you know, you it, at least for the let's let's we'll stay and not sober, but not drinking. Like when I stopped drinking, like you guys were a big part of that. I mean, even mm-hmm. even Dustin. I don't to this day. I, I should probably call him. I haven't really talked to Dustin since we've st- stopped touring, but like. I don't think he realizes how much of an effect he looking back on it now, like him and and like, you know, after the whole incident in Mexico, it's like, they never reprimanded me. They literally sat me down and was like, is something wrong? They actually came to me from a place of concern rather than getting pissed and fucking reprimanding me. And even you guys on the crew bus were the same way. Like it was the when I told you guys, I got to stop drinking. Everybody was cool fucking with everything. Nobody yeah. gave me a hard time. I remember when, when we got on the, um, when we got on the Cole Swindell tour after mm. the first day of that tour, it was an outdoor venue somewhere. Um, I remember after the show, they were like, Oh, Cole wants to get everybody around and do a shot and drink after the show, you know, whatever. And they had the whole tour. It was like, fuck, there's probably 50, mm-hmm. 60 people like in a big circle backstage and they were handing out shots. And I remember being like, no, I don't want one. I don't, I'm, I'm not taking one. And mm-hmm. somebody somebody in Cole's camp, I can't remember who it was, like gave me a yeah. hard time about it. They were like, dude, everybody's taking one, take one. It's disrespectful if you don't. Mm-hmm. And it was it was next to me, our, our tour manager with Dustin that was like, say, so, hey, he fucking told you you didn't want one. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, damn. Like, people were very supportive in probably the most important time for me, which I'll, is amazing because a lot of people don't have that.
1: I think one of the biggest things you said to me when you're kind of starting off with all this is that, because uh, I think at one point we were talking, like joking about you having a beer or something, and you were like, it's not that I can't drink. Like, you're like, I can drink, you know, whatever. But it's like, when I start, I don't know when to stop. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, that to me was like the biggest tell of like, that's to like, that's for me, like alcoholic. Yeah. Like, that's where, that's the level of like, you like, I like, I can go have a cocktail right now and be fine, yeah. whatever, and I stop. But like, when you don't know when to stop and you just keep going and going and going until the point of, you know, you're throwing up and obliterated mm-hmm. and doing stupid shit, then it's like, that's that. When you said that to me, I was like, and all all those like things triggered up in my head of like, oh, I understand it now. Yeah. You know, well, that's what I, I had to explain to
0: Dustin one time, like when he was talking to me about, uh, alcoholism,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he was like, you know, he's like, man, I just don't understand how you can't have one or two. Like, you know, I go, think of it this way. I go, you know, when we go out to a bar or something and like on a day off and like everybody's having a drink and it's time to leave, mm-hmm. I was like you know, I I will smash a beer before we leave because I don't want to fucking waste any of it. I was like, it blows my mind that you guys can leave half full fucking glasses on the table. And I think that was the moment that he understood, too. He's like, okay, like, Mm -hmm. like that's that that was the thing. And again, everybody, I don't leave beer on the table like that because that's wasting money. But (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. But like, (laughs) but yeah, it's just um, you. You were around me enough to know it's like I didn't drink every Mm -hmm. single day.
1: No, not exactly. That's where, like, but when I was, it was bad. That's when I feel like people can justify some of their alcoholism It's like, well, I'm not drunk every day yeah, yeah, yeah. or I'm not this every day, but it's like, the problem is, it's like, it's not that you do that. It's the problem of when you do drink, you're, you don't know to stop.
0: Yeah. You know? And I, I, tra- and I tried, that. I tried to justify everything on the road. It was like, well, I don't drink while we're working. Yeah. But then after the trailer door is closed, I drink so much that I wake up. Fucking in a bunk full of bananas. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you know, everybody needs to, you know, find what works for them. And it's like, yeah. I, I've, I've said to people, I was like, I, I have nothing against drink. Whatever people want to do, I don't give a shit. I still go out with friends that yeah. drink, like whatever.
1: I just don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, every once in a while, you know, I, I still, like I said, I still have a cocktail Yeah, again. fucking a. Um, and I, I, I have this like rule like, on the road for me. Like, I try not to drink at all anymore. Like on the road. Well, when I do it's the first beer is like kind of for me like or like first drink is not enough like the second one's like okay this is putting me in sleepy mode mm-hmm. and then once you have that third one you're in party mode yeah yeah like, yeah yeah. you know and that's how I always like viewed it like if I go past number two I I'm I'm staying up all night and I'm you know getting hammered yeah so like I just never go past number two you know like especially on the road or if I have to be like focused it's like nope I have one, two, two, and that's it. But, like, uh anymore, I just don't care. Like, this is, honestly, like, I don't feel like being in that way. Yeah. I was like, eh, I don't care. Um But, yeah, dude, like, I was thinking about the, um, another thing about, like, you drinking. I was just like, yeah, like, you pound a bunch of beers, and, like, throughout the whole day, you wouldn't drink any fucking water. <laughs> like, to the point where we make fun of you, like, yeah. fucking getting on the radio and be like, Ian, drink water. Yeah. Ian, drink water. And, uh, at one point, like uh, in Phoenix, like you're fucking pounding Diet Coke all day, and we're like, "You got to drink some water." Dude. It was, it was 100- I know what you're talking about. It's Mesa. It was Mesa. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Mesa. That's right. It was 125 fucking degrees outside, and you're like just pounding Diet Coke and hanging out on the dock fixing guitars all day, and we're like, "You should step inside and get some AC." And I have like, uh, yeah, our drum tech fucking t- taking rest of his vape in the fucking refrigerator. <laughs> I have a picture and- of that on my phone. <laughs> I have it on my watch um i have that and uh like just drunk off his ass like in vegas uh, yeah, remember that i yeah uh, I'm, sure. not, I'm not gonna bring that up but i know exactly no. what you're yeah. talking about so anyway so um during that show like we got through the show like everyone's fine but then you took a fucking hot shower mm-hmm. after all the fucking uh heat that you've been doing with all day and i just remember you like you barely got the bathroom door open. Yeah. Like just like collapse. I was
0: like crawling. I was like crawling, yeah. like
1: fucking butt naked out of the shower.
0: I remember, yeah. dude, I remember that. Like I, I got in the shower and after about 20 seconds of being in the shower, I started getting lightheaded. My vision started going and I like, like collapsed on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I remember crawling to the bathroom door and opening it and just like yelling to you guys be like, Hey, can you help me out here? And, yeah. uh, I remember our, our drum tech at the time, uh, had to, he basically lied to the security people and said mm-hmm. that they needed a medic for Dustin because yeah. <laughs> so when he told him it was the artist, they came running. They're like, you're not Dustin. But mm-hmm. the, you know what the most annoying fucking part of that whole story is? was <laughs> we're it, it, the, this bathroom was in the dressing room. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was, you know, the bathroom. And then there was like you come out of the bathroom, but there's still a little area where there's like sinks and a mirror. And then it's the the open dressing room. Dustin had so many guests at that show that day and they were all backstage while this happened and they were all yeah. blasting fucking like hip hop as loud as it could go. Medics are trying to come in the room. I'm fucking laying on the ground in my fucking underwear, like flat on my back on the floor. I
1: don't even think he had underwear. I think he just had a towel.
0: Oh, maybe it was a towel. I can't remember. Um, But they're trying, they're, they literally, I'm fucking plugged up to an IV. Mm-hmm. I'm plugged up to a fucking IV. They got ice on my head. There's fucking medics around me. And meanwhile, there's fucking Flowrida blasting at 120 decibels right next to us. And then these fucking drunk girls that are backstage that are guests are like walking up to me and be like, are you okay? Yeah. Like, can I do something for you? I was like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Like I, for,
1: I forgot. Like, yeah. So I ran off to go get the medics and me. and They were like, covering you in bags of ice yeah yeah and then um i think you got like the shivers from that because you're like went to from like such a high temperature yeah. to like low. i remember
0: shaking uncontrollably yeah. like and when they put the IV in too but all i remember is fucking <laughs> this hillbilly ass and all these fucking girls in the fucking dressing room just just woo! meanwhile
1: they got a photo with you remember
0: Oh my God! There is a photo of me on the ground with all these fucking all of his. There was all
1: these all these bimbos and things. I yeah, could. it was. I'm trying to bring that word back. I also call them him- bimbos. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was bimbos it was, and himbos. I'm trying to get himbos going. Bimbos.
0: Well, it was. It was definitely a lot of the regular bimbos and himbos, like yeah. that. That we we you know we we saw yeah, a lot yeah. of the same people backstage at shows in certain areas of the country. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of those regular people. I got I got some heat recently. And um, I'm kind of curious in your thoughts, but recently on Twitch, we were talking about uh, radio markets being dead and I compared all of the radio charts in the U S right now. And it's like rock is the lowest by far. It's not even yes. fucking close, dude. Like and it's, that,
1: that will be in the U.S.
0: a hundred percent. That will be yeah. every time. So, um, and while we started talking about radio, I, I started bringing up the fact that I was like, But here's here's the thing with top 40 and pop and country radio Mm -hmm. runs everything like they don't care about album sales. They just care about the next number one single. So I started talking about how every show we ever do, there's radio fucking programmers and hosts and shit backstage. And I was like, I straight up, I'm like, they're the fucking worst, dude, because they know that they are in a position of power. We have been told by artists that we have to do whatever they want because they control the radio. And mm-hmm. I, I, I made like a short that I put on Instagram where I was like, I was like, they're the fucking worst. And I was like, they're lame damn. and nobody tells them they're lame because everybody kisses their ass. Cause they want to be on the radio. Yeah. I had so many fucking radio people that we know from the country market hit me up and just be like, damn dude. Going pretty damn, fucking That's harsh. how you feel, huh? I was the like, well, somebody so
1: needed to fucking say it. <laughs> the worst one. Um, ha- have you ever told the story of like that? 2020 how um we brought out it was, i shouldn't say his name but it, the lighting tech that came out we called them the tour killer or no okay so number right at 2020 okay yeah. our first gig out we had a stagehand die oh my god i do remember that it was in tampa have you ever, have you ever told a story about this it was actually in north carolina because mm. i went back to that venue like uh, last year it was north carolina Yeah, it's like North or South Carolina. It's one of the Carolinas. Are you sure? Sure, I'm 100% sure. It was a radio show. Yeah, we were doing a radio festival. That Dustin was headlining. Dustin headlining and Chris Jansen was. Okay, so, okay, well,
0: I I thought it was Florida. Maybe I don't remember it right. But yeah, the super, the super, I have told this on stream, but the super short version of this is a stagehand that was running the spot ops uh, suffered a major heart attack while he was up in the catwalk running spots during a show and mm -hmm. died. Uh, yeah. Im- immediately, they couldn't get medical help up there, and the. Fucking, I understand
1: the the spotlight shocked him, and that triggered the heart attack. But that yes, I so. that
0: I didn't know. I just know he had a heart attack, so I never knew that. Um, but the fucked up thing about this situation is that we now have a person who has lost their life in the catwalk above mm-hmm. above fifteen thousand people directly above their heads, and the radio station wants everybody to ignore it and just keep going on with the show. Yeah. And when we when Dustin and then the other uh the other top build act uh Chris Jansen when they found out they're like, dude, we are not playing. Yeah. Cause if if like think about this. First of all, was, it was like a about five minutes before Jansen was supposed to go on. Yeah. And they called it. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah, that was that was one of those moments where I remember kind of being a part of that conversation when it was happening because it was like mm-hmm. the radio reps were there like, no, no, no. You guys got to keep, like, we got to go. Like the show has to go we gotta on. Do this. We got to do this. And, 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 uh, and me and we were like,
1: dude, this is not a good look. Like yeah. that's, I told Dustin and Andy that too. I was like, not, not only are you going to like look bad. If this ever gets out, you're all screwed. This VR is going to be wise, horrible. Yeah. But like, for like, it seems weird, but like the union stage hands, are a brotherhood yes and if you've if you piss one of them off or not piss them off but you know like if you do something this drastic of like hey one of your one of your brothers are up there dead you know uh guess what like and you played a show you have the possibility that most of the unions are going to know who you are and when you come through towns they're not going to help you dude i remember that loadout being so
0: sad yeah. I remember that because because Lots like you just said and crying and yep, unions unions are, are a brotherhood. And that is a guy that worked in that union for 20 years. Yeah, um, I don't know his real name, but they called him spider um, yeah. fucking super nice guy. I had worked with him before that loadout was so sad because all of the other union stagehands knew while they were loading out. Their fucking brother that they had worked with for years on the same union mm. literally just lost his life and is right above them. And they still that, had to fucking
1: load out and do their jobs. That was a hard stage managing day because I, I I literally went to most of the hands and said, at any point during this loadout, you want to walk away, walk away. Yeah. Our guys can handle this. Yeah. You know, like if you get too emotional or whatever, walk away. And they're like, no, we got to work through this. And I'm like, I get you. Just giving you the heads up. If yeah. you need to walk away, walk away. And, uh, we barely got our truck loaded and then i remember like some fucking radio guy was trying to steal my like merch dolly yeah to uh like roll a bunch of beer around and i was like fuck you man i just strapped this up i'm not undoing doing this and he's like ooh, 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 ooh. i'm like i'm fucking hate I, this this is where i'm like i fucking hate radio people um because it's like you're an inconsiderate piece of shit like literally a dead guy up there you try to get everyone to play the show and now you're asking me for shit and during that I walked out, like I got done with that conversation telling him fuck off. And I walk into the, the stage and that's like they're in moment of silence mode. Yeah. You know, and lowering the guy in. It was such a sad day. And then like two days later, we're in Orlando and like COVID's starting to start. And <laughs> and then we uh we go to Vegas and then the tour is done. Dude, you remember
0: like, we were supposed to go to Australia like two days after that Vegas show. Yeah. Yeah. And I I remember like Dude, yeah, but like, b- back to the radio thing, though. It's like I can't tell you how many shows we've had. I don't know how much you had to deal with it. You know, you knew they were on stage, but like oh, me, dude. me as the guitar tech, fuck, dude. A, a show would start, and a handful of these motherfuckers would come out of nowhere and just stand in my fucking world. And it's like I would, I but would be nice some about of the it worst at- germs. Like- oh, I would be nice about it at first, and be like, "Hey, guys, like." I- I, I need uh, room here to move we are in the middle of a show just mm-hmm. you can stand up here just stand over here i can't tell you how many times i've done a guitar change like i walk out on stage do a guitar change and i come mm-hmm. back and they've all set their beers like on my fucking tech top and i'm just or like Fox, yep. get the fuck out of here
1: like or a fucking um you know especially for you like you get it from both ends with stage hands and radio but like hey man can i get a guitar pick Hey, man, can I get this? It's just like... That doesn't bother me as long as it's not in the middle of a fucking show. Well, that's how it always happened
0: though. Yeah, 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 fun. yeah. It's like, I don't care what anybody does all day, but the second that mm-hmm. shows... And you know how I worked. I'm in, like, tunnel vision during a show. If somebody oh, gets 100%. in my fucking way, I'm like, that's the one hour of my life where I'm like, I don't care who you are. Stay out yeah. of the way. And unfortunately... There's been times you
1: almost knocked me over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and unfortunately, with radio people there have been times where artists have told us, Hey, a really big radio person's here today. They can do whatever they want. And I'm just like, it's it's wild to me.
1: Like, okay. It's wild to me that the billboard top 100 is still run off of the radio. Like it's still like, it blows my mind because I, I can't tell you how many times, like I'm like artist wise, like, especially like rock, but like country is same thing. Like how much, how much are you really playing that song on the radio versus how many fucking Spotify plays does it have Yeah, or Apple plays or whatever. And I'm like, there's songs that like crush it on Spotify, but they don't play on the fucking radio. Yeah. And, yeah, like, yeah. and, and like, how's that not number one versus what you fucking. Yeah. as Number one this week.
0: And the other thing too, is that like, they still make an argument that radio is huge and, but they make it sound like that people are actually tuning in, mm. but it's like, think about all the stores around the country and all the bars around the country and places that just have the radio on to have something on, like while mm. people are working or shopping or whatever, like people aren't really actively
1: listening. <laughs> no. Well, like at the same time, like Walmart has their own radio now, you know what I mean? Like, oh really? It's called Walmart. Yeah. It's called Walmart radio. <laughs> and like, they literally have employees call in cause they win like a hundred bucks or some <laughs> shit yeah dude next time you're at walmart just like pay attention you'll hear it you'll hear like them call like this is walmart radio blah, blah 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 who am i calling this is this is randy from store 256 <laughs> and uh i just want to shout out my team they're really cool you know it's like dumb shit like that and like this is the worst but like can i can I, hear, like, can I hear don't tell me how to live
0: by kid rock <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's like they, they literally they have they, they have their own radio station now and like it, with streaming and stuff dude it's like so hard to like compete like i had sirius xm for a year because it came with my car for a year and it's like every every once in a while i'd forget to plug my phone in and i listen to it and it's just like okay i'm hearing the same and it's like sirius xm like this is like okay i'm listening to fucking octane like i should hear newer music and it's like oh we're still playing fucking corn from like nine you know 2002 dude, it's and like
0: it's the same thing in this town it's like when i first moved here it was like, I would, lo- I'd be like, okay, what do we have in Nashville? One Oh two nine, the buzz.
1: Yeah. And it's yep. like,
0: we play the new alternate, like the newest, best, freshest alternative. And they're still playing the same red hot chili peppers, Rob zombie, Allison chains, yep. nothing against any of those bands. I like those bands, but it's like,
1: no, I love t- those bands, but like, I'm not hearing electric Callboy. I'm not hearing yeah. fucking Nana like, I know they're European, but like, even like, some people are like are like, oh, have you heard of Motionless and White? And I'm like, nah, kinda, you know, like I've heard the name. Have I listened to it? Yeah, nope. You know? Like, I yeah, it's just it's mind-boggling to me, like how much people think radio matters. And it's like in my my and I'm like, I'm I don't know, I'm still in the industry, so I have to be careful, but um, <laughs> I don't care like at all. Yeah. Um, and um I I was listening to Buzz the other day and I was like, why are these people on the radio? Yeah. Like Get get off, <laughs> yeah. It's
0: like you know, t- to be fair, here I will say there are a handful of pe- radio people I've met that I actually think are great people that I do like. Like, who's the
1: guy who used to come out with uh Dustin? Was like,
0: yeah, but you're you're talking a, a radio rep for a label, I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking like like radio, DJs. actual radio people, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. but it's awesome, but yeah. yeah, uh, but yeah, radio DJs wise, I've met only a few, like honestly. Yeah. And most of the time it's big eye rolls, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's
0: like, like I said, it's, it, you know,
1: I mean, every country artist has the schmooze tent, you know, or yeah. bar or whatever. And it's and like, I'll, I'll beep this name, free drinks and getting f-
0: smashed. Yeah. I'll beep this name out, but I just want you to know who I'm talking about. But like, <laughs> Oh yeah. How many yeah. fucking times have we done shows where people have told us, Hey, he's going to be here tonight and he's, he fucking runs radio. Like literally verbatim quote that I've said in this thing is like, yeah, he's daddy. Like Mm -hmm. don't Mm -hmm. care if he's in your way. Don't care if he annoys you. Like you need to put up with it because he fucking runs
1: everything. And
0: I'm just like, you
1: know what? If if we don't impress him, we're we're not getting played anywhere.
0: Yeah. Like which one of you is just going to fucking just suck it up one of these days and be like, dude, you're fucking lame. You're just fucking lame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like nobody nobody has said it and that's the problem is th- that a lot of these radio programmers and a lot of these hosts that are tight with their programmers they have way too much power
1: like over p- people's careers you need somebody that's a very large size artist to come out and say fuck you and like yeah that'd be the only way to get it done
0: but it's not gonna happen i mean even 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 with this whole ticketmaster live nation fiasco
1: Oh, dude. You you still have. I watch your stuff about that all the dude, time, and I, still, I get so mad.
0: Oh, you still have artists that are fucking trying to like back up Ticketmaster. It's like the whole M Shadows from Avenged Sevenfold taking their side and trying to defend what they're doing. I'm like, I don't, I don't think that they're in his ear or paying him or anything like that. But it's mm-hmm. like, I really do think in the back of his head, he's like. I, I need to stay in their good graces because we're touring soon and they're going to promote our tour. And I don't want to say anything to piss them off. It's like,
1: well, when you own 90% of the venues in America, yeah, yeah.
0: it's like, you know, and, that's what I was saying. Like how many times have we done tours together where it's like there, there's a live nation rep on it. Every venue we're doing is owned by live nation. The merch companies are owned by live nation. It's all Ticketmaster.
1: Fucking it's, it's, it's crazy. So like when, uh, one of my first headline tours with Dustin with you guys, it, the venues that were live nation sold the worst. Yeah. Because he was selling the ticket for like 35 bucks. It was a pretty good bill. Like it was like what I was like Mitchell, Tenpenny, Ryan heard and Dustin. Yeah. It was a good bill. Now, yeah. now it's a pretty good bill. Um, They're all pretty decent artists. Um, But anyway, so you, you get, you're like, okay, he's like, put it like 35 bucks. It's pretty, ch- pretty standard, cheap ticket. I would say, but once you added all the fees and stuff, you're almost at a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And then he, the his VIP package, which was through his website, not Ticketmaster, was like a hundred and ten. So you're better off buying the VIP ticket because yeah. you got meet and greet, you got like early entry, in the exclusive fucking merch. Entry. Yeah, yeah, all that shit going on. And it's like, why the fuck would you even deal with Ticketmaster, like? If you want to come see a show, cause for $10, you get to meet the guy.
0: Yeah. That's dude. And, when I go to concerts in town now, that's why I don't go to the big venues. I'm going to mm-hmm. like Brooklyn bowl marathon shit like that. It's cause I'm like, dude, you go see an arena show or an amphitheater show or anything like that. And like your your ticket fees are going to be higher than the actual
1: price of the ticket. Yeah. It's like the only, the only thing I'm willing to pay for is wrestling. That's the only thing I pay for everything else. I'm like understandable. No, get, Give me a comp ticket, or it's got to be under twenty bucks. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. The crazy thing is, is like I um, I have no problem paying for a ticket because I like to support the bands. But yep. because of the YouTube stuff, I do often get uh, people that are like, "Hey, can we put you on the guest list?" And this is this is where I had a conundrum in my head the other day. I was shitting on all these radio people for being fucking lame and people sucking their ass, and I was like, I "Hope I hope this doesn't start happening."
1: That's what that's what you do, huh?
0: I was like, are are YouTubers becoming the new fucking like are yep. these bands and labels fucking kissing up to us because they don't want us to say anything or not play their shit? Or I'm like, I never want that yep. to happen. Like, dude, I'll I'll give you great I fucking respect this move so much. So like I went and saw uh the other night I went and saw um Space of Variations, Malevolence, POD, and Ginger. And I I bought the ticket. Mm-hmm. But uh Space of Variations PR manager reached out to me and was like, "Hey, the guys put you on guest list if you want to go to the show." And I was like, "All right, well, I already have a ticket, but cool. I appreciate it." And um I've I've had uh, the singer for Malevolence um mm-hmm. on the channel before? Oh, nice. Like like just to for for a podcast. For chit chat, yeah. And I messaged him on Instagram and I was like, "Hey, I'm going to be at the show tonight." And he's like, "Oh, cool, man. Like fucking hit me up whatever." So I hit him up. And, uh, it's not their tour. They're like second out of four. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm not expecting backstage pass. I'm not expecting guest pass. Nothing like that. I don't care. It's, you know, whatever. And I was like, Hey dude, uh, be cool to say hi to you guys, you know, whatever. And he messages me back and he goes, I'll be at the merch table after the show. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, that, that right there, I was like, there are probably like radio people or other people that would feel butt hurt by that because they're like, oh, they're not treating me any more special than anybody else, and it's like, I actually respect, that's, I that's respect fucking, that he did that. That's a uh, awesome move, you know? Yeah, like, he didn't treat I, hey, me any any better than and than he was treating their fans
1: than any other fan. Yeah,
0: and I, I I fucking have so much more respect for that than somebody that was trying to. Like with a radio promoter, like kiss ass and be like, oh, what's going on? Like, yeah, come hang, blah, blah, blah. You know, because at the end of the day, I am just a fan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like I did. Yeah, bought a ticket to the show. I just wanted to go hey. see the fucking show.
1: Now, you know, uh, you're a fan with uh, a platform and a voice. Yeah. At the same time, like one of the best ones, like a uh, on TikTok at some point, somebody did like a video of Smash Mouth of like and smash mouth was just like the, the dude was like just obliterated drunk yeah and just like screaming at the crowd and not even like barely able to sing his songs and it's like that one person's video of how shitty they are treating people went viral and like you know what i mean like made a bad reputation so it's like mm-hmm. do you have is your platform quicker to get out information about like hey this was a bad experience fuck them yes but at the same time it'll get out eventually you for know sure I mean, and a- like, that's where I'm like, I I respect people that are like, I'm gonna treat everyone as who like as a person and respect the fact that, hey, every fan matters to me. You yeah. Know?
0: And you know, I'm not. I, I I've said this many like I have no problem name dropping tours I've been on and shit, and mm. like talking how we're dropping now. But I'm not in the business of airing people's dirty laundry. And mm. since I've started YouTube, and you know, we have friends that work for a lot of different bands. Dude, I have heard so much fucking shit behind the scenes shit since I've had my YouTube channel. Like, again, I'm not going to name names, but like, I have a friend that works for a band that had um, a, a tour and or some shows get canceled. And uh, I found out that the reason that they gave to the public was bullshit. And there was other shit going on. I could report on that if I wanted to. I could be like. I have an industry source that says, this is what's really happening, but I'm not going to, because all that does is cause drama. That's behind the scenes information that like, you know, I don't know, man, I don't want to be a fucking gossip outlet. And like, while I do have access to behind the scenes knowledge, I don't want to be like, okay, this is what the band said, but this is what their crew guy told me really happened. So fuck this band. They're lying to all you. Like, I'm not going to say shit like that.
1: Oh, well, that hurts your reputation with them. And
0: exactly. You know, and it's like, and, but, don't need but, that either. but then, but then in the grand scheme of things, then I develop the reputation of being that guy and mm-hmm. no other fucking band is ever going to want to come on the channel or do anything with me or anything like that because no. they don't fucking want to no, be they, associated they,
1: with it. And they might come on the channel and be treated like a person and just hang out and chat with you. Exactly. you know
0: that's like that's what i like doing that's why i've enjoyed this conversation because we've literally just fucking sat here unfiltered and well i like all right let's ramble here we go yeah yeah, yeah. uh these are i mean these are these are fun for me because you've seen it just as much as i do when Mm -hmm. artists do media on the road it's the same motherfucking 10 questions every time they do anything with anybody and Mm -hmm. in my head any fan can go anywhere online and just see the answers to those questions that's why yeah. I, I like to just talk about whatever on here and be organic. I mean, it's, you know, and I'm having more fun talking, nothing against the artist, but I'm having a lot of fun talking to like you and other people in the industry. Like a couple episodes ago, I had um this girl Carrie, who's mm-hmm. the LD for Little Caesars Arena in Detroit. Nice. That does the lighting for the Red Wings and the Pistons and shit. And she kind of went viral online because all the on ice intros that she programs for the Red Wings. She Mm -hmm. does it to like fucking Lorna Shore and cattle decapitation and fucking deicide and shit like, and they let her do it. And it's so fucking cool. Like, right. And having conversations with her and it's like, dude, one of my next episodes I'm going to have on here is probably Zach Rossi.
1: Oh yeah. That'd be cool. Uh, Yeah. You know,
0: know, we've toured with Zach, you know, Zach. Yeah. I love Rossi. Motherfucker did the world tour with Rammstein this year, dude. You know, know.
1: fucking so funny. story about that. Okay i was okay so i did a european tour with brad paisley mm-hmm. and i didn't realize me and rossi were within a block of each other <laughs> at some point during the european tour because i didn't know he was on that tour
0: yeah
1: and like everyone was like oh yeah the fucking Ramshin's fucking loading in over here and i'm like oh that's fucking sick i wish i could go to the show yeah motherfucker was like at a restaurant a block and a half away from me and i posted like the day later that I was in that town, like, I was like updating Instagram, or some shit. And he's like, dude, are you still here? And I'm like, no, I just fucking left. And he's like, fuck, I'm here. Like, yeah. I'm like, you're in fucking Europe right now. You know how much
0: that probably happens and we don't realize it? Like, we're in oh, the same yeah, towns the or like, I've I've run into people I know in airports around the world that I hadn't seen on tours in years and I'm just like, oh shit, like what are you
1: doing here? Just that's like me like in one year, like after that uh, NRA show to like now, uh, how many times we hit up like we met up with Granger Smith guys? And they yep. weren't even like on the bill with us. They were just randomly yeah. fantastic you know, dudes in a in a fucking club down the street.
0: Dude. That fucking NRA show. We said we were going to talk about that, but there. I guess there's really nothing to talk about. I mean, all I remember, I actually have an Instagram, I think, from me and you waking up because I'll never forget that day itself because it sucked because mm-hmm. we finished a show somewhere else at like one in the morning and then we had a four hour drive and had to start loading in right when we got there. So Mm -hmm. I actually have like an Instagram story of me and you walking into this arena and we're like, "Shaw, what time. Is it? You're like six. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like it was fucking butterly, you know?
0: And those like, so for, I I'm, I'm assuming everybody knows NRA, but national rifle association, we actually did an event for one of their things. And it was like, dude, it was, it it was just as wild as you could imagine. It's like you walk anywhere in the re in the arena and the concourse. And it's just like, Gun shit everywhere. And, and uh Granger Smith opened for Dustin and Dustin was headlining. And those motherfuckers did not like Dustin.
1: They love Granger. <laughs> oh yeah. Motherfucker told, put a whole fucking can of chew in his mouth and started singing songs. <laughs> and I love Granger. Like he's fucking a phenomenal dude. But like, I was like, damn, like we got showed up tonight. Oh yeah. And, and there's, there's, there's a certain level of
0: pandering that happens at country shows. Anyways, yeah, But when you've got a fucking altered like an alter ego named Earl Dibbles Jr. that wears fucking overalls and has a fucking shotgun mic stand and shit. Yeah. Those people are going to love you. And then, they you know, you got loved him. Dustin coming got out. You got Dustin singing,
1: you're mind reader. Yeah, you got Dustin playing
0: mind reader and Small Town Boy and Cowboys and Angels. I could just imagine there's probably like a thousand hillbillies like, what in the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, got to know your audience. Like I, we knew going into that. We're like, this is Dustin suck. NRA convention. Like this is going to be weird.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely should have been flipped.
0: Like, yeah. Otherwise. Like dude, you know, the private events that we did for like tracker boats or some shit that makes more sense Or John Deere. I remember that boat show. That was rough. <laughs> that, that was, yeah, that was, we rough. had
1: a, uh, we had fucking what's his face. Uh, I and mean, we had a good nickname for him, but I can't remember now. We had one of the old monitor, a monitor guy before. Oh, uh, um, uh, I know, I know his first name, but I can't remember. I, I think it was like <laughs> or something, but yeah,
0: no, I know exactly what you're talking about. What did we call him? But I just remember he's was- something to do with yeah. being a cheerleader, right?
1: Yeah, something because like he was a but-
0: cheerleader in college or something. What the fuck yeah, was his a,
1: nickname? We had a really bad nickname for him. The only, <laughs> yeah, was it he kind of sucked, huh? Was it a bad one? I don't know. Maybe it was the only bad nickname I, I
0: remember that we had for anybody was ass juice. <laughs> there is a story behind that. We weren't making fun of the kid. There is a character in the movie neighbors where they're in the fraternity and the kid in the fraternity's name was ass juice. That's what his fraternity brothers right. called him. And this guy we had on tour with us looked like that actor. That's the only reason we called him ass juice. We weren't. I making wish we could dox him. him, not dox him, but like show his picture. But, but, I, but the funniest part, picture. the funniest part was somebody, I think it might have been was like, Hey, we got to stop saying ass juice over radio and in front of other people. So then we just started calling him AJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: and, uh, oh, fuck! I remember the meme that we had. Cause remember he was like, he was again, like he was like 21 or some shit. And yeah. He had uh constant was like telling us how cool he was. Yeah. Like, I know, like, when the, when is Dustin going to let me, like, grab one of the guitars and play on stage with him? Like, dude, <laughs> yeah. really? But Like, I remember one of the fucking times he was, like, going on. Like, we, I guess, like, somebody snapped a picture of him, and we started making memes of him all <laughs> <Yeah>. the time. <laughs> and, like, little bubble chats of, like, you remember this one time I was, like, you know, telling everybody how to play guitar, even though they've been playing it for fucking 10 years professionally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, was shit like that. I
0: One of my favorite memories with this kid... I don't know if you remember this, but it was the first bus ride he ever did with us. Very first ride. Um, it was when we were still doing bus calls at the Kroger parking lot.
1: Okay. It, it was a I was long. Ask if if it, this was the one going home or the one going out?
0: This is the one going out, and it was okay. like a long drive. It was like Nashville to like somewhere in North
1: Dakota. Mm, like no, we were going out to fucking Oregon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah came you're right. home from like. Well, we came back from Oregon. Yeah, so it's his first ride with
0: us ever. And he like, he's sitting in the front lounge. We're watching a movie and he's like, <laughs> like five minutes into the ride. He's just like, and this is like a fresh 21 year old. He's just like, well, mm-hmm. guess it's about beer 30. And he slides open the beer cooler um, in, in most tour buses in the front. um, They have like a little sliding door. No. That's like a cooler that you can dump ice and drinks. in. we had beer in there. Well, he reaches in and he pulls out a fucking Odules, One of my non-alcoholic beers. Mm -hmm. And he fucking cracks it and starts drinking it. (laughs) These were like, I I think looked at me for me to say something like, Hey, you're drinking one of my non-alcoholic beers or something. I didn't. I just wanted to see what he did. This dude's like pretty good brew. Like keeps drinking it. And like after the first one, he's like, man, it's good. I think I got a buzz already. And we're like me and look at each other. And he goes in there to grab another one. And I go, why don't you grab a real beer? And he goes, what? I was like, those are non-alcoholic. And he's like, nuh-uh. He's like, the one I just drank? I was like, yes, that is a non-alcoholic beer. And he goes, that's fucking stupid. Who drinks non-alcoholic beer? And I was like, I do. And he's like, oh, why? Like, because I'm an alcoholic. And he's like, he was like legitimately confused. He's like, so you're an alcoholic, but you drink non-alcoholic beer? And I'm like- just fucking drink, drink a bushlight, dude. Just fucking shut up. Just fucking
1: shut up and do it, yeah, <laughs> like, dude. Uh, so what? The what I thought we, the story you're gonna go with was on the way home because like everyone else took flights, but me, you, <laughs> and fucking Ash Juice, <laughs> yeah, rode the bus home because I was living at the time. So like we rode the bus home and Ash Juice. So we're in Oregon, and there's like you know Oregon's one of the few states that marijuana is legal. Blah 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 blah. So like everybody fucking loaded up, yeah. <laughs> you know, I I think I even loaded up to like bring stuff home for my, my girlfriend at the time. And I was like, all right, we're all fucking loaded up. We got probably like five, six ounces of weed between all of us on the fucking bus. And we're riding home. And like, you guys are pretty discreet about like doing it. Like, you know, I didn't do it. So you like kept it to yourselves. Yeah. And this motherfucker was like always like who wants to roll like I can roll the fastest oh, blunt. I, I can the- roll the fucking best fucking weed like I can roll the flattest fucking joints and, he shit. Was, dude. and like who wants to have a competition like who can roll ro- roll a fucking joint the yeah, fastest yeah, dude. and that, like we're all like dude we don't give a fuck I like forgot. at all I forgot so, how
0: all, how so into weed he was. Cause he was so young and naive and he just thought
1: weed was the coolest thing ever. Dude. Fucking. Yeah. Oh. Like I, I smoked so much. Uh yeah. like, I was like, motherfucker, fuck. You can't pay like a hundred dollars a week to be out here. Just shut <laughs> yeah. Up, he's an you intern. <laughs> you're fucking intern. Just shut the fuck up. And I'm like on the bus. And I remember cause it was like, Hey, we're about to go through port of entry. And uh, I can't remember what state, probably Wyoming or some shit. Yeah. But like, we we're going through a fucking way station and it's port entry. So, like, they stop every fucking commercial vehicle yeah. just to like run papers and check times. And this motherfucker's is in the back lounge rolling a fucking joint. <laughs> and I'm like, put that shit away. Ma- like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. we're going through fucking port entry. This fucking police all over this fucking place. What the fuck? And like, he's just like, well, I didn't know. I'm like, <laughs> motherfucker, we told you don't fucking do anything until we get past this shit. Yeah. Well, I, just to. I was like, but, but that, that's when I was like, I'm fucking done. I'm fucking yeah. yeah. This kid. And very <laughs> told us, like, this kid's he's not coming back. Yeah, shit. I remember. Yeah, I was like, fucking this piece of shit. <laughs> but I just, if I, get tr- <laughs> if I get in trouble for having fucking an ounce of wheat that I don't even fucking smoke, like, yeah. I just, now that you bring it, I just remember every day, hey, you guys want to have a joint rolling competition?
0: I'm like, no, yeah. nobody fucking cares. Like, cool. You're in college and you can roll a good joint, dude. It's yeah. not as cool as you think it is.
1: I remember he's tr- constantly trying to like play the drums. And they also like, at one point, because we had like the outdoor tent for the yeah. radio people and stuff. At one point he like grabbed, I, I want to say it was like, no, guitar. he grabbed bass that's what
0: it was and he started playing and i remember i'm sitting out there and i'm like what are you doing to playing i was like those aren't yours yeah and i remember walking out there and like looking at me and then looking at this kid playing his bass and the kid's just like what's up dude it's like i'm a really good bass player you know and he's like
1: cool bro and just walks away i remember i'd yell at him on radio all the time because i'd be like what the fuck, dude? There's ice sitting outside the bus, melting, and you—that's your whole fucking job. Your job is just to fucking put ice and in then, coolers. And then he didn't. Why know, the
0: fuck am I doing this? And then he didn't know to, to how to break up a bag of ice to put it in a cooler. So he'd try and shove an entire frozen together block of ice, like as big as our fucking midsection, like in the fucking cooler with everything. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Dude, so rough. Honestly, There's, this fucking guy. And the, god, just. There's we could sit here for fucking an entire day probably telling ridiculous tour stories. We need to just ridiculous
1: ass juice stories. One, or,
0: <laughs> one of these days you should just come on come on like Twitch stream with me. Uh. we just have like <laughs> we just spin a wheel in whatever state it lands on, we just tell a fucking weird story from that uh, state, because that could happen. Like I mean, you know? the, the fucking road stories that we all have are just so ridiculous. I feel like if I'm being honest, I feel like we've probably gone further with some of these than we should. Like, that's why I'm probably going to beep, beep out a lot of names. But like this is OK. Before we wrap this up, because we've been here for a couple hours, I, I'm, I already know what your take probably is because you've been talking openly. But one of the things I've been running into on YouTube mm-hmm. is. A lot of roadies have come across my channel now. A lot of other touring people. Half Mm -hmm. of them seem to really dig it. The other half seem very upset over the fact that I'm like openly talking about tour stories and things going on. And it's just like, what is the big secret that we have to keep here from the fucking general public? Why are you so upset about this? Like, do you, do you think there's a reason for that?
1: I think people that make noise about like what we're talking about in a sense of like, what you, you don't like why are you telling the story why you? it's the ones that like have a hard on to like say fuck you and your success mm-hmm. you know like they're jealous of what you were doing and I like in my head I'm like I don't care like I'm happy for you I want you to be successful but like I don't care if people tell the road stories about me or whatever because it's like I for one I don't do anything I would consider like I don't know. Like I'm, I'm okay with embarrassing myself, so yeah. it's like not big of a deal. Like now, if you tell now if you're like on here, like Shaw's a shitty light tech and he's a piece of fucking shit, and whatever. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be upset. Well, but like, if you were like saying like, if you're just telling a story about like, yeah, this one time, you know, fucking Omaha Shaw like threw a beer and broke some girl's poor nose. I'd be like, oh yeah, man, fucking happened.
0: Yeah, but you I'm know? not. I'm not talking about personal stories. I'm talking like my video that I did recently where how much does a tour bus cost? And I actually took one of the estimates that I got from the electric cowboy tour and showed people the breakdown of current busing costs and why bands can't afford it. There were people that were like, this is stuff that the general public shouldn't know. Like you're, you're talking about industry secrets and I'm like,
1: nah, what are you
0: talking about?
1: No, I want people to know. I want people to know that kind of stuff because like I'm very open. Um, like and maybe i shouldn't be as open as i am but like even with like other texts um i'm very open about how much I get paid yeah you know did like, a video on that too <laughs> yeah like you know like on average when i was working for dustin i was making about sixty-five thousand. yeah you know and you know like i i'm pretty open about my number i'm like i make anywhere between like 1800 to 3000 a week mm-hmm. when i'm on tour when i'm not on tour i'm making nothing yeah exactly but like Know like I'm very open about talking about that stuff because I feel like people need to like understand, hey, we're doing this big ass fucking show, and like the artist guarantees one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars but like there's a reason it is because the bus costs this much, the fucking gear costs this much, the employees cost this much, Mm -hmm. you know, like it there's a there's a reason that your ticket's $85. Yeah. You know, and like part of it's i think like, like people forget about that stuff like when they're buying these tickets they think like well you know a b-level country artist shouldn't cost me you know a hundred dollars and it's like well yeah if he's got three trucks out yeah you're he's spending a shit ton of money
0: yeah you got you start thinking about crew people's salaries and mm-hmm. uh, any like gear rental they have from local audio and lighting companies and fucking buses and stuff like that it's like Dude, you're thinking for for an artist to actually make like a profit with a decent size. Mm-hmm. Food, like they've got to make over 50 grand in a week to even clear costs. Yeah. Like, and that's that's making because a lot of people look at like outlets like metal sucks and stuff. They like to report on ticket sales and then prices and they're like, oh, so so and so made this much money at their gig. And I was like, no, they didn't because managers are taking a cut. Booking agents are taking a cut. Uh, promoters taking are a taking cat. a cut. And then they've got to pay costs on everything that they're renting and their crews. So I'm like, they're, they're the artists are not stage making hands. that much.
1: Yeah. Local labor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Art. there's a reason like, uh, Thomas and FGL, their stage manager is not necessarily a stage manager in the sense of like, I'm going to tell you what to do or where to go. Yeah. They're the stage manager. That's like sitting there doing with the union steward and going, Hey, I cut two hands at this time and you're charging me for them. You yeah. Do that. Yeah. You know, they're, they're more financial bookers than they are, you know, that kind of stuff. And, like I said, for me, I, I want people to know, like, I, and I, I, I'm very, as you can tell, I'm very open about sharing road stories because for some reason we are as roadies or as backstage people, we're, we're very, um, there's not a lot of stories about us or like elusive about us or whatever you want. Yeah. Like, yeah. Very, it's it's kind know, of like a, like a mythical thing, a, a mythical thing. Like everyone's like, Oh, what, 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 what do you actually do? And, um, I posted like some videos when i was doing all my stuff of like us doing backstage goofy mm-hmm. stuff like and uh i had a lot of people like i'm not I'm trying to be whatever but like i had a lot of people come up to me and be like i love your videos like you're you're like because you show us real things going on backstage you're not like faking it or you're not mm-hmm. acting and we like more and more people tell me every time i sh- stream on twitch like when are you going to do another i did like when i was on kane brown i did a tour uh, a backstage tour of kane brown yeah yeah um and i have multiple people remember that stream because they're like when are you gonna do another one like that because it was so much fun Mm -hmm. just to see like the tour bus the catering you know like that kind of stuff and like i think about trying to do it but then i'm like man there's so much (laughs) like there's like red tape i have to watch out for and you know yeah um but like to to the point of like financially. Um, why I'm open about that stuff, like so. Uh, not to get too involved, but like when I was doing within Temptation, um, you know, I was talking to some of the band and they basically said that they're not making any money coming over to the States. Oh, I wouldn't imagine they would, you know, like yeah. they made they they lost money because you know they're freighting their gear over, they're bringing all the people over, you know, I mean, like it all costs money, and they basically told me, and um you know, that it's hard, especially as a metal band to come over because you're not going to make any money and you're basically, unless you have somebody else on the bill with you, like, you know, if you had, uh, within temptations and flames, blah, 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 like then you might break even, but if you're just solo acting it, the chances of you. Breaking even are very very slim.
0: Well, dude, that's with with the Electric Cowboy tour, for example. Mm -hmm. Everybody looks at them like they're they're blowing up. They're fucking really popular. Yeah, huge, dude. I was basically production managing and like Mm -hmm. tour managing stuff on the U.S. side of things. So I was doing all the rentals. I was doing it like they weren't going to make money coming over here. I know I know how much they were spending and how much they were making. And I'll tell you right now, when a European band is coming to the U.S., they're coming over here to give a show to the fans, and they're not making money and that's that's yeah. just the reality of it i mean unless it's a fucking huge band yeah like
1: they're you know yeah unless you're like the size of Iron Maiden or something yeah. like that you know what i mean you know, like, yeah they they uh, were just like telling me like yeah like um basically they were like we don't know if we're going to come back yeah like in the next 5 years and i was like damn cuz i'd love to tour with them again and they were like you know i got to be good friends with all of them so mm-hmm. like they're like we'll just move to europe and put on my that's easier said than done.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, when Claire and I were yeah. looking at moving, we were legitimately like, should we move somewhere in Europe? And mm-hmm. again, easier said than done. But yeah, that mm-hmm. is that is the sad reality. Like a lot of these a lot of um like American speaking, North American wise, like or even Canada too. A lot of these people are always like, why don't these bands that we like from Europe come over here? It's because it's just not financially viable. It's not mm-hmm. worth it. It's like these bands would love to come over here and give their fans a show, but they will you're talking if they take two months out of a year to come to the states, they got to pay for visas for their band and crew. They got to pay for flights. They got to pay for transportation and gear. They're not going to make any money. And then that's two months of touring they could have done in their home area where they could have actually made money to survive where they're just not. And, over. And here. how
1: their work visas work is very difficult. I don't oh. know if you ever talked about that. Have you? Uh, yeah, a little bit, with but it's it's, it's just like it, you have to have a a, a a basically a work visa, a Mm-hmm. And then, then everyone else from that work visa can be a work visa B and it's a little bit cheaper and they have to get social security numbers here so they can pay us taxes. Yeah, but, but visas yeah. are so bad right now too. Like bloody
0: wood, when they were just coming over here for tour, dude, mm-hmm. their visas got approved 12 hours before their flights to the U S wow. and that was because their embassy got involved. Like they would, and like, dude, it's, it's crazy. And then yeah. And then I didn't know this until recently. Like we as Americans fucking barely have to do that shit. No, I, when I was over there
1: for Paisley, I didn't have to do
0: anything. Yeah. That's like when I did a tour with walk off the earth years ago, they were all complaining one day about their visa because they were all Canadian. I was the only American on the tour. They were all complaining about um, their visas. And I was like, what are you guys talking about? And they're like our work visas for us entry. And I was like, I was like really confused. And one of the guys, one of the crew guys was like, do you not have to get a visa to come tour in Canada? And I was like, no. And they were like, what the fuck?
1: Well, we get away with some of that too. Um, this is another thing. Like, so if you like work at like a Broadway theater tour, most of the time they pay you per state. Yeah. So like you have to pay income tax in every one of those states. <laughs> that sucks with, so bad. Which such such bullshit because it's like, well, there goes like fifty dollars of turbo tax every fucking ten minutes. Yeah. But for us as like most of the time we're like being roadies for country artists or possibly rock, whatever, or company um, we get paid out of Tennessee the whole time. Yeah. So we don't have to pay every income tax, even though we worked in California, we're yeah. not paying California income tax on our current money. Well,
0: it all depends on the accountant for the actual tour operation too, because I have also I, true. I have a buddy that worked for um, disturbed mm-hmm. and they're, they, they use team tours for all their accounting. So they get taxed. He got taxed in 48 states one year and had to do 48 tax returns. And I'm like, that sucks. So do Alaska.
1: Basically, just did not do Alaska and fucking Hawaii. Exactly. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I'm like,
0: that sucks so far. I've, I've luckily in my career, I've never had that happen. Like
1: I've I've only had it happen once. And after that, I've, I always ask Mike. I would rather just not do a tour that does that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Most of the time, like I'm on W two anymore, yeah. so I, was, like, I don't have to worry about like independent contractor stuff yeah. like that. But it's so like gross. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Nope. No. 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 Uh, when I came back from COVID last year, 2021, um, uh, back to Nashville and touring, that I had to do like multiple tax returns because I was living in Nebraska for a while, I was living in Nashville for a while, and like it, it turned into a mess that sucks but, dude
0: i mean it, yeah i i guess i i consider myself very fortunate because again like you know a lot of the bands i've worked for have just taxed me out of the state that they either operate from or i live in you know so mm. that that works out but well dude we've been going for a while and I, this was this was a blast and i don't want to keep you any longer because i know you want to enjoy your downtime but uh before we go um let's plug some shit dude we were talking about your twitch where yeah. can w- where can people find you on twitch
1: uh, right now you can find me on Twitch, uh, hobby time one, six, eight. I might change it soon. I don't know. I haven't decided, but it's hobby time one, six, eight. Uh, I stream whenever I can. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of crazy stuff on there, um, from dressing like a mermaid or shoving a cake in my face or, uh, the last word redeem I had was I was going to make myself into the flying spaghetti monster by <laughs> dumping a ball of spaghetti on my head. Um, so I do a lot of stuff like that. I also play some games. I paint some miniatures um overall i'm just like a crazy hyper person who will talk a lot and hang out with you so if you want to come hang out there um i'm also on instagram and twitter youtube i'm starting soon i think it depends on how much free time i got but uh i'll be around and i'm i'm also in tanks discord so if you guys want to hang out with me you can message me on tanks discord as well
0: yeah and for anybody that's watching this video on youtube i'll have links to all that stuff uh below and all that but Shaw, thank you so much, dude. One of these days you're gonna have to take a take a trip up to the new house, hang out. I don't even yeah. think you've you've met Ingrid yet.
1: I met Ingrid uh
0: oh, yeah, right you, did. You, you moved. You came to the old house when she was really little. That's yeah. right.
1: Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like right before you moved, like earlier this year. Yeah. Um but yeah, they uh they definitely need to come up and hang out and like we'll do this uh podcast again, so I'm sure we have another fucking Four hours worth of stories we can oh, tell, at
0: least for sure. Or if I
1: could say, well, I'll, I'll jump on the Twitch stream with you at some point. Yeah, for sure, we
0: got to do that. So
1: yeah, that'd be fun.
0: Well, thank you again, buddy. I appreciate it a ton. Hopefully, I don't have to beep out too many names from this, but either way, I'm sure this will make for a pretty fucking entertaining one. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh maybe just mute the names, you know? Don't
0: have to yeah, I'll just mute it. Name. I won't even throw. I'll just we'll just mute them all out. So yeah. Well, dude, have a have a good time enjoying your time at home, and uh thank you again for doing this. And I'll I'll talk to you real soon.
1: Yeah,
0: man. Take care. See ya. Well, thank you very much to Andy Shaw for joining us. Thank you to all of you that are listening. We could have gone so much longer than this. There are stories that I realized would have been hilarious to talk to him about after we got done filming this, man. I mean, just you spend so much time with these people on the road that every day just becomes, you know, something new, something funny. And it's like he brought up stuff I forgot about, man. And it's... It's, it's fun for us. It's like kind of reliving those funny moments on the road that, and good times that we had. And maybe I'll have them on again in the future. Maybe I'll have them on on Twitch and we'll just talk. Although live on Twitch, we can't omit any names. So maybe not. But I really hope you guys enjoyed that. I know there was quite a few sections where, you know, we, we had to omit names just because. But uh, the stories are still there. The stories are still there regardless of if you know the people's names or not. And uh they were a big part of our life for the years that we spent touring together. So hopefully you guys had some laughs and maybe even got a little insight with some of the stuff that we we're talking about, too, because we did have a couple serious moments. Let's be real. Um, But again, for any of you guys that uh want to check out Shaw's content, he is a super nice, highly entertaining guy. You can find him on Twitch on twitch.tv slash hobbytime168. He doesn't have a schedule, like he said, because he is touring and doing things. So make sure your notifications are on. You'll be notified when he goes online. I try and check his stuff out when I can, even though it is at random times. And I'll put all of his social media um, in the description on YouTube for those of you watching on YouTube, if you would like to check that out as well. But That's going to be enough from me for 2022, man. Thank you guys so very much for being along for the first 20 episodes of this podcast. This has been an absolute blast. I've already got some other episodes lined up that I need to record. Uh, The next couple are also going to be roadies. So you're probably going to get some more stories and some other things from other tours that I wasn't a part of at all. So Thank you guys. Once again, for those of you listening on the audio versions, you can catch me on youtube.com slash tank, the tech for reaction videos, behind the scenes, music talks, and a lot of other stuff. You can also find me on Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays on Twitch, twitch.tv slash tank, the tech and at tank, the tech is pretty much my handle on everything. Social media, except for Facebook. Cause somebody already took tank, the tech. So it's tank, the tech official. I used to hate people that did official like that, and then I was forced to, and now I feel like a giant hypocrite, but, uh, you know, God, I'm just sitting here thinking about this entire year and how fun it's been. And I, you know, I, it's been wild, you know, this, this whole content creation thing has become something that I, I never, ever, ever expected. I've met people from all over the world. Our discord server is active all the time. Uh, if you're on discord and want to join us, it's discord.gg slash tank the tech, There's, you know, just people from all over. There's other musicians, roadies. We're always on there talking. It's a great time. And, you know, the the support from you guys in the community has been ridiculous, too. I mean, you know, I released merchandise this year. It's nothing super extravagant or fancy, but a lot of people have picked that up. And that helps my content, my channel a ton. If you want to check that out, it's www.tankthetechmerch.com. And before we wrap this up, just shout out to Rode Microphones for helping me sound so good on these podcasts, but we're going to wrap it up here, man. This has been a super long one for a lot of you that are listening, but thank you so very much once again. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season wherever you are in the world. Be safe, be kind to each other, and I'll be back here with more Back Lounge podcast in 2023.